What is up, podcast fans? Welcome back to the show. Tonight's episode, fellow Greater Vancouver realtor, Eli King. Reason I really like this guy is he is a grinder. He's working his tail off. He is about three years into this real estate industry and crushing it. We had a great conversation. Enjoy. Okay, so you want to do more. Why aren't you doing more? What's holding you back from doing more? I uh, can't really do much more. Why? Um, you can. You can do a thousand times more. Yeah, I there's think always I something more you can do. But well, Do you think I'm doing more content than you or you're doing more Oh, no, more you're doing me? way more than I am. For and sure. I think I suck at content. Yeah. I think I'm doing shit. Yeah. I'm doing the bare minimum to get by. That's what I think in my head. Fair enough. Yeah. So why can't you do any more? Um... Well, I would say just like from where you are in your real estate business and career to where I am, I'm still in the more the infancy phase. Disagree. Go, keep going, keep going, <laughs> keep going. So, um, yeah, we're just in a growth stage where focusing on like, you know, we brought in a couple of people onto our team. We're hiring a full-time assistant in the, next, in the next week here. So I would say I'm doing a lot of the monotonous kind of tasks and that I shouldn't be doing anymore. So I'm trying to really grow that part of the business where I'll be able to free up more time, right? And then, you know, personal life is where I like, you know, I got a wife and two kids, right? So I feel like I'm always working. So I have to invest in these other areas that um, will propel my business, which will free time to do the things you're talking about from like a content point of view, right? So, so. this is the fun part is the growth stage is the most fun to share. Mm -hmm. And that's where... I still feel like we are. I always think about my life in like a hundred step ladder. And I think right now I'm on step three. Maybe, maybe in the last six months I got to step four, but I'm not totally sure yet. So let's say three and a half. So are we talking just real estate? Or are we talking life? Life, or, yeah, life, okay. life. Yeah. The first 25 years of my life basically were 0.5 of a step. <laughs> mm -hmm. You're like a little child, right? Yeah. You're still yeah. trying to figure you don't shit know out. Much you, don't, until... you, don't, you literally don't know anything. <laughs> And then like you, something happens when you're like mid twenties for me, it was mid twenties. I don't mm. know if it's normal. It could be normal, different for everybody. Yeah. Totally. Something yeah. happens. And you're like, oh shit, I'm in charge. I get to figure shit out on my own. I get to ask questions. I get to um, tell people they're wrong or like disagree with people and then learn what is actually the right way to do something or just keep going. Right. Mm -hmm. And so then like the last five or six years of my life, I feel has been like a few steps. And it seems like they're happening quicker and quicker, which is mm -hmm. cool. But the growth part is the funnest. And if I look back on my now almost eight-year real estate career, I wish I learned how to be myself in video and do more video earlier in my career. Mm -hmm. And so when you say we're in the growth stage, we're not ready for that yet, I think this is the best time for that. Mm -hmm. To share, right? To share all that stuff. To I agree. share what you're I, learning on a daily basis. To share the yeah. the challenges of going from you and Josh to adding an assistant, to adding a person that's helping you with media, to like whatever. It's uh, in the industry, there's so many people that are just terrified to take the next step, to go from one individual doing 15 I transactions agree. a year. I agree with that for sure, yeah. How do I get to the next <clears throat> level? And then they look at like maybe teams like ours, like Ty Corsi, like 
other guys in Vancouver that are doing a lot of transactions and they think there's just way too big a gap between me and that those guys. Mm-hmm. It's not as big as you think. It's not as big yeah. as you think. Um, and it's something like personally I I struggle with would be probably um, thinking I need to do it all kind of thing too. It's not an ego thing. It's more I have um, a certain um, expectation, right? And you come off that way in our conversations and, you know, um, from every buyer, seller, right, that we work with, you know, I expect something um, to be done the right way, right? Um, so if it doesn't meet that, that's where, you know, I would struggle with, right? So having that trust in somebody else, right? And, you know, I'm getting there. The cool uh, part about that though, and what I've adopted this thought process in my head is if someone on my team treats a client the poorly or doesn't give the same quality of service or misses something in a contract, whose fault is it? Is it their fault? No, it'd probably be your fault. It's my fault. Yeah. It's hundred percent my fault. Mm-hmm. They're on my they're on our team. I'm training We're them. Leading the I'm ship, helping yeah. them. Yeah. It you if you take responsibility, it almost like retrains your mind to be like, oh, this is interesting. I I can help them. Mm-hmm. I can help that person go from uh five out of 10 realtor to a eight out of 10 realtor Mm -hmm. just by sharing all the knowledge. Like you're three years in? I just finished three. Um, Yes, I'm into four now. I'll say on the record, Eli's fucking crushing it for three (laughs) years in. Thanks, man. Appreciate it. Dude, it's really fun to watch, man. It's very, a lot of the old school people in our industry are very insecure about young people coming in and doing well and doing things on social media there's a lot of negativity around young people who are trying mm-hmm. compared to the old people that have been in the industry for 40 years versus like, I'm pumped to see young people do. It's unbelievable how much opportunity there is in our industry. Mm-hmm. And if someone, I could name a few in Port Moody right now that we have a little bit of beef with Carl, <laughs> Monica specifically. <laughs> <laughs> But it's unbelievable how insecure they are. It's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. They think if we get one listing in Port Moody, they need to just trash our name. That's the way they're going to get more business. Like that's what they think. Yeah, it's shocking. I definitely don't agree with that philosophy. You know, um, if you have to, you know, put others down to make yourself look better. You know, what does that say about you, right? You know, it's the so ultimate. Like, so when I talk man. to like, you know, for example, if I'm meet a buyer, compete, we could be competing in the same listing. You know, for example, whatever. Like I'm never gonna. <laughs> trash you know anybody really but like i'll talk you know like a team like you guys like i you know um you know let's say i get a buyer for example and uh you know it's a lead that comes in they may say they have an agent right and i I actually there was a guy that was uh specifically i was talking to uh probably about a month ago and it was in that not that client relationship but we had some conversations getting to the point of potentially advisement we're going to meet and start looking at property kind of stage right and then uh long story short uh tells me that uh his wife uh found somebody else that they were going to work with right so I, you know i was like oh if you don't mind me asking who is it right and you know then i google and like not even close to the same level like I, you know I, I don't know this person i don't want to judge them right but um if it was a you know, a team like you guys, like that's why I said to him, actually, that was one of my pitches to try and, you know, maybe kind of close the, the the deal, so to speak, right? You know, and getting them to be on, 
you know, potentially working with me, right? Is I was like, oh, if you would have mentioned a team like, you know, Garbage Duma or, you know, an agent like Ty Corsi or, you know, one of these like really professional, and it could be a young guy coming in too, whatever, but somebody that knows what they're doing, especially in this market too, as we know, right? Because we're seeing lots of people struggle from the buy point of view um, because they're not getting the right advice. And you have to be so adaptable in this, um, you know, current market that if you're, if you're literally a, a week too late or two weeks, you know, it's going to make a huge difference, right? Yeah. You know, so yeah. you have to, you know, like, you know, I'm advising clients to, you know, there was one, I, you know, I was kind of proud to say like, because, um, you know, when I got in, it was a little bit slower and then it progressed. And then from like, what, August, 2019, it was kind of the bottom of the market and then just keep propelling, you know, forward. So I was proud to say that I had never lost more than twice in any multiple offer scenario. So anyways, this young couple. Hold on, say that one more time. So I never, as a buyer's agent, I never lost more than twice in, in any multiple, row. two in a row with any client ever, right? So I took- To me, to me that means you're not writing enough offers. <laughs> yeah. Um, Dude, there was a yeah, month, there was a month okay. in 2017, 2017, April, 2017. I was yeah. one for 23. And yeah. it's not because, so you have to understand as a consumer in Greater Vancouver, our job as realtors is not to tell you what to do. Of course. That's not our job. Our job is to educate you on what it means to buy this property and what it's going to take to buy the property. Mm. Properties listed at $9.99. The last one sold for $1207, let's say. Sure. And we say, market's increasing. There's going to be 14 offers on this property. It's listed at $9.99. It's not $1270. It's probably, well, I said $1207. So Sorry, like, it's probably going to beat the last sale. Yeah. So it, in order to be competitive, you have to be above one, two, likely. Mm -hmm. What would you like to do? And they say yeah, one, exactly. one, three. Be like, it's not a bad offer. It's 130K yeah. over asking. You're putting a deposit down, You're no subjects. It's not a bad offer. Mm -hmm. Let's see what happens. But I'd say our chances are low. Mm -hmm. We're writing the offer anyway. We're not saying, fuck you. We're not, like, no, no, we're not yeah, helping so you out anymore. I would always, I would always write the <laughs> totally. offer, but I think it's a, the, the point I'm trying to make is like the correct advisement, right? So totally. adjusting your clients accordingly. So, so this, you know, young couple I had, you know, um, eight month old daughter, we're looking at uh, townhomes in Maple Ridge, uh, Abbotsford budget. They want to stay below seven ideally, but we can go into those low sevens. So we wrote a uh, townhouse uh, in Abbotsford. Um, it was an end unit, 1,500 square feet, 1,550, I think, uh, three in den, three years old. I can't remember if I didn't mention end unit, right? So I think we bid uh, 710, sold for 740. Okay, well, that was a new high in the market for, for that area. They had to be aware of that. So can we go to the next one next week and do the same thing? No, right? So we, we adjust to the next one we wrote. I don't know if you were involved in that Hatchy one. I don't know if you saw that one. That was a crazy sale, uh, Hatchy in Millardville. Okay. Um, that was listed for 630. And I know how you like realtors don't uh, allow showings after a certain point. Well, that was that situation where I actually had to call her and say, hey, like. It's not that, let me set the record straight. It's <laughs> not that I don't like you. No, no, I no, think not you're really no. poor at your job. Yeah, exactly. Right? That's why. You're, yeah. I, That's I, I say this all the time. Yeah. If you're a realtor and you're fucking consumers weekly, you're in the wrong profession. Yeah. Your job is not to fuck consumers. Yeah. And so many realtors in. right now yeah. are just, are screwing consumers out yeah. of tens of thousands, if not a hundred thousand dollars yeah. on sales. Well, she, she didn't want to get me in for the day I requested and time. And then she provided two other options and I agreed to 
one of those options. And then she said it wasn't available. And, it, or like, and I got back to her in a you know, few minutes kind of thing. It wasn't <laughs> like it was the next day. And I said, what, what has changed? Right? I said, are you telling me that my potential cash buyer, very qualified buyer that wants to potentially put an offer? And that's when she's like, okay, I'll, I'll make it happen kind of thing. It's like, you got to make it happen. That's your job, right? Um, but anyway, Realtors, we lost- Realtors, this is a lesson from Eli King and Denny Dumas. Accommodate. You have to that find a way. That should be the first thought Solution. in your head. If you take on a listing, if you take on one listing a year, the only thought process you should have is accommodate. That's it. Yeah. Get everyone in the door. If you suck at multiple offers, you should reach out to Eli <laughs> King, Danny Dumas, someone else that does multiple offers very well to get some advice on how to deal well, with them. But while you're running the listing, get people in the door. That, as many as like possible. Consumers. That's their job. Buyers are writing offers and spending money to purchase your listings property, right? If you cut 60% of them out, guess what? You sell for less. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What's well, setting the table correctly with your seller too and saying, okay, if you want to list at this price, it's the low end, expect a, you know, basically a gong show. Like it's going to have you like a hundred, 150 people might come in. I don't know. Like it could be insane. Go away to Whistler for four days, <laughs> right? I don't know. Find a solution, right? And then, you know, if you go to the mid kind of area where you still should get multiples, okay, maybe you'd be a little less busy, let's say 20 or something, right? You know, whatever the scenario is. And if you list a fair market value, then I don't know, maybe still 20, but <laughs> maybe less offers or it's going to go around fair market value, right? You know, this so. might be the greatest podcast of all time for new realtors based <laughs> on these first Appreciate 10 it. minutes alone. <laughs> yeah. Expectation early, setting yes. the expectation early. This is so I really important. believe in setting the table for your buyer and your seller always. When you, you go know. into any listing, usually, if it's a single family home, usually I'm giving a $200,000 gap. Mm -hmm. If you're going into a condo, maybe it's like a fifty dollars to $100,000 gap, but you're giving expectation saying, here's the last few sales in your neighborhood. These are what you look better than. These are what maybe show a little bit better than your home. Based on these numbers, I think the low number that's going to almost guarantee multiple offers is going to be 1.199, let's say right under $1.2 million. At this number, expect to have a shit ton of showings. We're going to be really busy and we'll probably see anywhere from like three to 15 offers, depending on the week. If you're listing in November, December, it might be a little bit quieter. If you're listing in April, May, June, when a shit ton of buyers are out, it might be really, really, really busy. 1.2 low end. High one twos. We're probably pretty close to uh, market value at that point. Depends on the week. If we're waiting six months or three months from now, might change, but today, if we're listing at 1.3, 1.299, this is what I'd expect. I'd expect it to be a little bit slower. Still a pretty good chance of getting multiple offers because we're slightly lower than the last few sales that we compete against and the inventory is very low versus high end. Like there's a few different options, right? Mm -hmm. It's never just like your home is worth 1.27. If someone says that to you and you're a consumer right now and you're thinking about selling your home, walk the other way really, really <laughs> quickly because there's no such thing as an as like a, a pinpointed number. No, and if someone range. shows you a bunch of stats and a computer algorithm that comes up with your your home's value, yeah, <laughs> that means they're so poor 
at what they're doing, they have to plug sales into a computer. I go, what happened to Zillow last week? And 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 I'm like a, I'm a data guy, as you probably know. And, I know and, you and, are. And, and that interests me, <laughs> but I know that's not realistic either. Right? You know, so that's not how buyers work, right? No, no. It's important to understand yeah. that residential real estate is such an emotional purchase, right? Yeah. It's a lot of, especially who we help. The buyer could have lost five times in the sixth time they ain't not losing. I don't know. Like it's, it's a lot of young families yeah. that get a very emotional tie to the property that they're living in, whether it's the neighborhood, the house the curb appeal, the bedroom situation, the backyard, whatever it is. Mm. They get emotionally attached to something and the sales say it's worth one, two, five. There's nine offers. They're going to be okay spending one, three, one, three, two, one, three, three, one, three, five, because they're so interested in being in that neighborhood that they don't care if they spend an extra 50 grand because they're going to be there for 15 or 20 years. Yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter. Yeah. I mean, I told a buyer that the other day uh, where, um, it's one of those situations where I actually wasn't prepared and I tried to be prepared. It was one of the, kind of the 12th hour they said, um, just, I haven't even met them in person yet because I'm doing quite a bit of online leads, right? So um, built some good rapport over a couple of days, you know, some conversations, you know, I tried to do like at least a Zoom, you know, presentation and stuff like that. I didn't even get to that point. And uh, they wanted to write on this Maple Ridge townhome and didn't even look at it. Right, wrote on it, but they decided like 4 p.m. and the offer had to be like five. I'm not even at my computer, right? So I called Josh. I'm like, hey, you gotta write this up, kind of thing. So we wrote, we wrote above asking, and then when I went in front of my computer, did a little more research, I realized I was like, I think they're overpaying a little bit, right? So I called them back and said, we're up against another offer. We were always subjects, not cash. So, so I said, hey, just FYI, I just want to be completely transparent. I've done had a little more time to research my. Initial assessment, I think you might be 10 to 25 grand high, you know, from today's market value. I might have been a little, what was the purchase a, a price little, little bit wrong. Uh, it was listed at 790 and, they, and we were on row 815. So uh, they had a collapse offer. And basically, I just didn't have enough time to like kind of analyze it, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's not much product, like three weeks of inventory in Maple Ridge. And I was trying to compare it to new construction. New construction in that neighborhood is going for like, 790 now plus the GST. This was like 11 years old. It was 200 square feet larger. So I was like, yeah, I think like low eight sounds about right. But then I thought it was actually closer to the list price. And um, so I, I want to be transparent and I didn't, didn't want to go to sleep and say like, oh, I really maybe screwed these people. But anyways, the point is that I when I came clean and truthful and said, um, I think we're overpaying, their response was, well, we plan to live there for potentially 20 years and we don't care. That was their response. But anyways, we, you know, we went and looked at it the other day and, or the, the next day and they didn't actually like it. So, you know, we were able to get kind of out of it kind of thing. But, you know, I felt bad, you know. Part of it was, like, you know, I just didn't have the time to prepare accordingly, right? It was kind of more shooting from the hip, right? But um, I don't know where we're going with all that. But. I will. <laughs> I'll step in. Yeah. I have minimum three stories based on what you just said. So one <laughs> is always, 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 always admit when you adjust your mindset. Or you're If wrong. it's an evaluation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean- You like, got to have some humility, right? You know, like you're not going to be perfect every single time, right? And I also like to think yeah. that having so many experiences in the industry, I never make a statement- that I'm so sold to yeah, absolutely. that I have to admit yeah. that I'm wrong. Like yeah. I'm never that sure about something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is interesting to say, but yeah. like it's never a number, right? Like something lists at 2.7 million in Queens Park. It's this phenomenally renovated 
character home, you're guessing the value, right? Mm -hmm. The last one sold 2.5. This is 400 square feet bigger. It's on a better street. Queens Park is a a real guess. You know, I don't have a lot of experience there. Totally. You'd have way more than I do, but you know. (laughs) So it's a range, right? It's a range. It listed at 2.7. It's an interesting one. Like they've done a lot of renos. They say it's worth $400,000 reno. I think it's slightly cheaper. Another consumer walks through and thinks the greatest thing of all time. What is it actually worth? Mm -hmm. What a buyer will pay, I guess. It's a range, right? It's a range. So it's never like a number that I'm saying, sorry, I fucked up. Mm -hmm. I was wrong. It's Mm -hmm. more just like I've reconsidered. I've Mm -hmm. looked at other things and Mm -hmm. my my thought process has adjusted slightly. Mm -hmm. And this is the new. So as a realtor, as any salesperson, like be okay explaining yourself if your thought process has changed. Mm -hmm. That was my one comment. (laughs) Second comment was, so you said you thought you were 10 to 15, 10 to 25,000. Yeah. uh, 10 to 25. Yeah, 10 to 25 range. It's interesting. Like real estate is such a crazy world that $10,000 is literally like a penny. Yeah. Like, yes, it's, it's a lot of money when you're paying cash. On a mortgage payment, $10,000 is 30 to 40 bucks a month, roughly. So it's pretty small. And coming back to my first point is there's no, there's no pinpointed answer. There's no algorithm that says that the property is worth $787,319.27, right? Mm-hmm. There's no algorithm. So if you're within $10,000, it's almost like, do you bring it up or not? Mm-hmm. Because you can't be guaranteed. Like if you're in multiples mm-hmm. and you say, hey, it's listed at 789, there's three offers. The last sale was high sevens, but that was a few months ago and the market's improved quite a bit. Mm-hmm. What has the market improved? I mean, like I can give you a rent, like a generic stat of the neighborhood that it's improved 5%. Mm-hmm. Does that mean you should bid 5% more than the list price? Not necessarily. Yeah, of course. But so the $10,000 thing, well, you gotta be adaptable. I get, you know, I think that's kind of what you're talking about too. Is is you know, doesn't mean it's a you know, exactly that. It could be adjustable or depends on the product, the neighborhood. You know, don't be the married, market in that. Don't be married yeah, to your first yeah. thought. Maybe yeah, exactly. is like a is a good point yeah. of like you can look at one thing. Like here's a great example. Me and Monica have a listing that's coming up in New West next week. We originally evaluated it at X. This was three weeks ago. On the street, there was a sale two weeks ago, a week after we met these people, that evaluated at X plus, let's say, 8%. So we called the seller being like, hey, this property is slightly less than yours based on square footage of the property. The house is a little bit smaller, pretty similar age and condition, but we probably can list a little bit higher. They're pumped. Three nights ago, another house sold in their neighborhood that let's say we thought was pretty much even. It was a slightly nicer house, slightly bigger house on a busier street. So we say, well, now we're thinking X plus 15%. They're like, are you sure? <laughs> but the 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 point of this story is like, don't stay married to those ideas. Every single day it can change with a new sale. Mm-hmm. And in moving markets like this, it's so important to be so on top of those listings, right? Like if we listed at the original number, maybe it works out fine. Maybe we get 14 offers and maybe it sells 
at the number that it should versus if we list more in line with market value, maybe we get a slightly better price. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're listing high based on the last couple of sales. It's just a, it's a very different number than we were thinking three, three or four weeks ago. Mm -hmm. The point of the story is just like, be okay. Be, whenever you have listings coming up, be extremely involved in activity and what is happening if product is coming up and selling you need to you need to reach out to those agents immediately and understand what's what another thing for, too is how many offers they got yeah what was that activity like yeah. did you have did you have four showings and got three offers or did you have 65 showings and got 12 yeah. offers like that's exactly. a very different experience well i think on either end too right so when i'm you know kind of multiple offer monday or tuesdays these days right you know you know i want to know you know, for example, there was a Walnut Grove uh, condo I helped uh, some first-time buyers buy, um, I don't know, uh, a couple weeks ago, two or three weeks ago. And I think we were, I think they was having the offers on the Tuesday, if I remember. But there was other similar product on Monday that went to multiple offers, right? I wanted to know, like, those prices, right? You know, okay, how many offers do you get? How many showings do you have, right? Are you firm? Right, you know, so that that that's live data. This is as close as you can get, right? You know, so um, and actually, uh, um, speaking of like, um, I've heard you speak about this before, but I, I won from a letter. That's how that's that's how we won. It was a multiple offer of like uh, I want to say six. Listed three ninety five entry level, kind of one bedroom. I don't know if you know the building. But it's a Marcon build in Walnut Grove, uh, right by the movie theater, kind of there. And the Oak and Thorn, but um, like thirteen year old condo, uh, the Grove. Yeah, so it's called the yeah, the Grove. So you know the building. Well, so thank yeah. you. So it's a it's a good product. A lot of investors in there. You, yeah, I think you've sold in there. Um, I saw you've uh, sold one. We maybe sold one in there earlier. Five this year. five six months ago, maybe I think I saw you. Yeah. Yeah. April April maybe? yeah April May something yeah, I like think that. So yeah. So I know that building pretty well. Then we listed three ninety five. You know, after I do all my research. Uh, they want to go in at like 4.15. I said, no, it's just not going to work. And we're going in cash. So I know we're going to be strong in that regard. So we eventually get to 4.32 is the number we're going to go in with. And um, deposit in hand, letter, get the call back. And the guy says, uh, listing realtor says, super nice guy. And he says, um, uh, you're not the highest offer, but you win. <laughs> so I'm like, Sweet. So he says, wasn't that it wasn't that much of a difference? And who knows? Like, we don't know the other the other party. They were cash too, but maybe they're just an investor. So you know, I get it. You know, from that point of view, they're going to lie to somebody or or just put in your offer, right? You know. But with this couple, they were a young couple buying their first place, and the letter did it. So I'm guessing maybe the other offer was four thirty five. wasn't that far off. But you know what I think know. about that guy, whoever that realtor was. <laughs> I think he fucked up. <laughs> I think he lost his seller a lot of money. We could have gone for another round for sure, yeah. What do you think about, in one word... But it's also not, you know, the seller, you know, that's what he, he kind of yeah, but, voiced the okay, seller but this is what, that direction. This is what a lot of realtors uh, deflect back on, right? They say, I'm just taking direction from the seller. Yeah. Guess what, bro? <laughs> you are getting paid $25,000. Fair enough, yeah. To educate this person yeah. on how this transaction you is going to go. You are the professional go. in the room. You should be at least. Right? Yeah. It's not... The best course of that course of action is not to present seller with letters, make them start crying because this yeah. young family is so sad that they missed out. Yeah. Guess what? It doesn't matter. Yeah. Your job is to make them money. 
If they want to forego money, that's up to them. Yeah. That's totally up to them. Yeah. But your job is to not let their emotion get in the way of selling their home. Mm -hmm. So my thought process as a listing agent is all that information is shared. Here's the letters that they presented to you, whatever, whatever. Let me go to work and I will get back to you in one hour. Yeah. (laughs) Right? It's not, it's not fall in love with this family and be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Their grandma just died. Oh my God. Like, how do we even know that's real? Yeah. No, it's true. Yeah. (laughs) It's true. Because it is a commodity, right? You know, you know, it's, it is people's home, right? It's different than something else from a, from an asset point of view, but you know, it's emotional as we know, real estate, right? But it's also a commodity. That's what realtors need to understand though. need to understand that product you're trying to sell. Most sellers are emotional. Most being like yeah. 95%. Mm-hmm. Most are emotional. This is a very emotional sale. They haven't sold something in 15, 20 years. They raised their family there, whatever it may be. It's emotional. This is, we need to understand this and we need to adjust the way we present information to them so that they can make good decisions, mm. right? Yeah. Not emotional decisions. Of course, yeah. Well, um, If that guy know, called you back and was logic, like, hey, right? you're, my seller really wants to work with you. We have a higher offer. Mm-hmm. We'll do the deal with you at 447. Mm-hmm. What's your person going to say? Get back to you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the worst they're going to say is maybe not. Yeah. It's a bit high for us. We yeah. could do like 440. Yeah. You got an eight? You just made them more. Yeah. I, so whoever this guy is, give, mm-hmm. give him his, give me his, give me his phone number. <laughs> I just made him $8,000. Yeah. Yeah. No, I see your point of view. That is our job, right? You know, is to get the highest price. It's not a point of view. This is our fucking job. No, no, no. Yeah. This is why people pay us a shit ton of money, right? It's a lot of money. Mm -hmm. On a $4,000, or sorry, let's say a $450,000 condo, the listing agent is making 12 grand. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of money. Make a phone call. Takes 30 seconds. Well, I saw a sale in there today. It was a ground level unit, not a second floor unit, but this four. 50 something. I don't know. It was like close to 20, 15, 20 grand more than they paid. Maybe it's a better unit, but same floor plan. Let me ask you this. I'm still, still stuck on this point. It's two weeks you, ago. You can tell. You can tell. Yeah. How many times has it happened when you've written an offer for a buyer, the agent ghosts you, doesn't answer your texts. Yeah, it's rough. Either texts or calls you back in a couple hours saying, thanks for your offer, property sold, Mm. X number, whatever. Let's say eight hundred fifty thousand, mm-hmm. and you're like, "We were eight thirty five, bro. Mm-hmm. If you called me, we would have easily beat that." Mm-hmm. How many times has that happened to you in the last twelve months? Because mm-hmm. me, at least half a dozen, eighty five. Yeah, eighty five times, dude. It happens. Well, you multiple write times a lot a week. more offers than I do. I don't know. Multiple I was gonna say half a do- I don't know, half a dozen, <laughs> ten, fifteen, maybe. I don't know. Like, it's in the last few weeks. Yeah, in just the last few weeks, probably at least a few times. How frustrating so, is that? How frustrating yeah, is that for the consumer? Yeah. To go into a situation where they have no idea what they're up against, right? Mm-hmm. They're rating on something so, at seven ninety nine. So they're rating eight seventy, and they're losing by ten grand. And they were like, "Well, we would have gone way higher." So, than what are that. your thoughts about like um, like open bidding? Um, My thoughts. I'm, I'm are, definitely not uh, for this cooling off period thing that they're trying to propose. Here we go. But but uh, <laughs> but the. Um, Open bidding, something they do in, let's say, Australia or something like that. Like, what are your thoughts on something like that? You know, where it's basically on the street or on Zoom or whatever. It doesn't really matter where location is, but basically it's completely open, transparent, and 
I have a lot of thoughts. Sure. First one is, who is the government trying to protect? If it's consumers, open bidding and cooling off period are very bad ideas. Mm-hmm. If it is their image, just by throwing something out there to show that they're trying, maybe it's a good idea, maybe it's not. It mm-hmm. might come back to bite them in the ass. Because mm-hmm. I think cooling off period is going to hurt sellers in a lot of situations and it's also going to increase prices because people are going to feel less pressure to actually go through with the contract right Mm -hmm. like if you call someone and be like hey you know we're in second place he said we're you know pretty close asked him if it's 10 grand he said it's a little bit more than that Mm -hmm. so maybe it's like 15 ish what do you think Let's just go 25 just in case. If there's a seven (laughs) day period where they can do whatever the fuck they want and not go through with the purchase, they're going to be like, yeah, give them 50. Yeah. Whatever. (laughs) Right. And then, and then a competent realtor is going to call the other group back and be like, someone just beat you. Mm -hmm. Now you got to come up. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do? That consumer is going to be like, well, I have seven days to do whatever the fuck I want. Mm -hmm. Give them another hundred. Yeah. doesn't matter. Give them 27 million. Yeah. For this condo. (laughs) I got seven days to decide if I want to do this or not. Yeah. I'll decide. No, I see your point. It's, with that, it's a you know? really, really bad idea. This is one of the worst yeah. I've heard. Yeah, it's actually, yeah. The I foreign agree. buyer tax is what it is. It's trying to protect Canadians in terms of the federal government. It looks really good to voters who are, let's say, uneducated in terms of yeah. what real estate we all know is it's actually just a doing. Smoke screen and, you know, just to. It's. It's just funny because like the media makes it out to seem like 10% of homes are being buy, uh, purchased by foreign owners when it's really like 0.001%. <laughs> it's like a shockingly yeah. low number. Like in the last year and a half, can you, can you say it's uh, all foreign buyers? Uh, in the last year and a half, <laughs> I haven't. Met I think any. I've seen one. Yeah, I haven't met any. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. I've done one transaction with yeah. someone who is not a citizen or mm-hmm. a resident of Canada in the last... Yeah. I had one call about three weeks ago from a Hong Kong buyer recently just landed. I don't, I don't even call that foreign necessarily. They might be a Canadian citizen. Yeah. As we know, they got a situation over there, right? So I don't know. I don't meet them. I don't know. I don't know where they are. I'm not saying they don't exist, but I don't know. I haven't represented any of them. Like, you know, the last year and a half has just been local activity and the main, um, you know, cause, I guess. Well, there's many causes, but, um, you know, the supply is clearly... One of them, as we know, there's not the, enough supply. The problem is there are interest rates. The problem is they're trying to throw solutions out there that are literally going to either have no effect or hurt real estate mm-hmm. values, meaning prices are going to go up. This this open auction bidding thing is hilariously bad news, right? Mm-hmm. Remember what the question I just asked you? How many offers have you been involved in on the buy side in the last year or whatever where... If your buyer knew what the price was, they would go above that. Mm-hmm. And you said at least a dozen. Yeah. And I said, let's say slightly exaggerating 85, but in real life, at least 50, mm-hmm. maybe more. It's probably two a week mm-hmm. where our clients would offer more if they actually knew what the price was. What does that do? That's increasing prices, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not lowering prices in any way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's shocking that... The minister of finance, who is supposed to be intelligent in terms of economics and numbers, is throwing these hilarious scenarios out there when the only problem, the only problem in Greater Vancouver and British Columbia is the lack of supply, people. Mm. That's all it is. And they're not even addressing that subject, right? Yeah. 
Well, I would say, you know, definitely, obviously, supply. You know, demand is high. So why is demand high? Well, because there's nothing migration. to buy. Yeah, positive, <laughs> positive migration patterns, right? So which means know, what migration is, is which means in, what we need more places for yeah, people to live clearly right so but then Supply. that's also immigration so you have from the federal level they they're they're out of whack right so the federal level they allow immigration it's around you know 0.8 to 1.2 percent new immigrants for the last 30 plus years so that's constant flow of new immigration and and Canada's a country that needs immigration to continuously grow because we have a birth rate problem we have um, you know, it wouldn't be sustainable. We could be something like more like Japan moving forward, where they have a they have a birth rate problem, no immigration, and their values have been um, flat for thirty years, right? Um, so, so we have immigration, which is I support immigration, but if you're going to support immigration, then you have to worry about the other side, and then these people need somewhere to live, right? So they're completely out of whack, right? Then you have, uh, you know, like I explain to buyers all the time, you have, um, you know, after the COVID. Uh, situation and they um, had to print all this money and give checks to people. So when you do extreme, uh, or you have an extreme circumstance and you do extreme measures and extreme decision-making, what do you expect on the other side, mm-hmm. right? So if you print, like, you know, I tell buyers all the time, like, do you realize that they have printed almost 20% more Canadian dollars in the last year? A million dollars is not the same as it was last year, I'm telling you. Your purchasing power is much, much less for anything from a home to, right? Now that now everybody wants, you know, that's a new topic, or not um, inflation, everyone wants to talk about, right? So inflation was here last year, but they're only talking about it now, right? Yeah. You know, so inflation is much higher than they're talking about. So if you have inflation, you know, immigration, um, you know, printing of money, purchasing bonds, Right, the government of Canada purchasing, uh, or not government of Canada, but uh, basically, but the Bank of Canada purchasing bonds, suppressing the interest rates so making people's purchasing power more, right? And then that they're going to try to inflate the debt away. So, for example, having a mortgage at one point two percent, and the inflation is five, six percent, maybe even ten percent. Yeah, that dollar is worth a lot less. Give me as much as possible. Totally. Right. You know. Yeah. So, from an investor standpoint as well, like that's what I'm looking at is. The spread. So I'm looking at the spread from if I can borrow 1.2 and I can almost get a guarantee of five, six percent, and there's no guarantee in life. But if it looks that way, how much money you got, Denny? You know, give me as much as possible. Exactly. Right. And I will buy as much as possible. And to a certain, you know, you have to have logic in your decisions. Obviously, you can't just be, you know, a uh, reckless idiot, obviously. But, you know, investors love the spread, right? So if the spread and the more the spread shrinks or shrinks, right, then it's less attractive for investors, right? So if they want to solve the problem, it's definitely not what they're doing, right? You know, And if they want to close the tap off when it comes to like the money printing um, and they want to increase the rates to, to um, control inflation, well, the housing problem is the least of our concerns. So that's why people say like, oh, you know, when's if it crashes? And I say, well, if it crashes, you know, that's the least of your concerns. Worry about your job, worry about putting food on the table because it's going to get really bad. So if they start, stop printing money, which they are, the Bank of Canada announced they're not going to be purchasing any more bonds. But if they try to increase the rates and they increase them too quickly, well, that's going to hurt all these major corporations and small businesses where if they have a lot of debt on their balance sheet, cost of business just got a lot more expensive. So if they 
if their costs, and we're talking in the multi-millions or billions, not a few, few hundred dollars for these businesses, major money moving, the cost is more, who's getting laid off? A lot of people. Yeah, Joe Schmell. <laughs> right? Yeah. So they, they're in this situation right now, the Bank of Canada and the Federal Reserve of the United States and these major central banks, where, you know, how much do they push? How much do they, you know, succeed or succeed, you know, the, the um, you know, money printing or increasing the rates? Like, it's a fine line that they're trying to, trying to walk, right? So, but just locally, you want to kind of try to solve the problem. Encourage more building. You know, in terms of housing in Greater Vancouver, it's it's the solution. Yeah, there needs to be more homes available. Yeah, it it's it's shocking that no one is talking about it. It's not the vacancy tax. It's only it's realtors that are talking not, about it. It's not the yeah. They probably don't listen to us. But why? <laughs> what, but why is the minister of finance who has no fucking clue what she's doing? Why is she just? broadly making up these terms, right? Cooling off period. That sounds mm. fun. Let's throw that out there. Yeah. What does that mean? It doesn't yeah, mean What does anything. that mean? Yeah. <laughs> you're just throwing, you're just like yeah. co coined a phrase, hashtag cooling off. Like what is yeah. this? Why not talk to people that are actually dealing with this on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. Like what are you seeing as the problem? Inventory. What is Eli seeing as the problem? Inventory. What is uh, John seeing as the uh, problem? Inventory. What is Sally seeing as the problem? Inventory. Oh shit. Must be a problem. Well, think about it. There's 14 townhomes in Port Coquitlam right now for Dude, sale. It is. How hilarious. many buyers do you think are looking for for that product right now? <laughs> 14,000. <000. laughs> so, uh, what is her name? Selena. I think her name is Selena. Sorry, who? Are you? Minister of Finance. Oh, BC. I don't even. Selena. Uh, I mean, Selena Robinson. To be honest, something like that. I think it's Selena. I'm gonna go with Selena. Yeah, Selena. <laughs> <laughs> Currently in the Tri Cities. Or no, Coquitlam? Did you say Coquitlam? I said Port Coquitlam. That was specifically Currently in Port Coquitlam, there's 13,986 more buyers than there are sellers. We have a problem. Yeah. Selena? Selena. Yes. <laughs> Selena Robinson? Correct. Yep. Yes. Wow. I read Spot an on. article. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. On the, the topic of inflation and investing... I got to go to the bathroom and I feel like you'll go off on a tangent when I ask you this oh, no. question. Yeah. I so use another refill too. Okay. I'll grab you a beer. <laughs> Let's say you have a million dollars cash. How are you spreading that out to invest right now? Is it real estate? Is it stocks? Is it mm. crypto? Is it's, it? It's, that's a tough question to answer. It really depends on your risk tolerance and then. Share, really, every, really share a few different examples. Share, share an example as like, let's use like a higher earning type person that is maybe a physician, maybe a lawyer, maybe a realtor making like a few hundred thousand dollars a year that has a bunch of money, seeing inflation rates rise and not knowing what to do with it. Should they throw some money into real estate? What should they do? And I'll grab you another beer. <laughs> um, From the Eli perspective. Sure. Well, what would I say? I think everything's kind of inflated right now. So, but things can stay inflated for a long period of time, right? So, could be, uh, you know, a year. It could be 10 years where just prices keep going higher. So, I would say... Um, 
you know, real estate, if you're looking long, long term, today's price is probably, you know, going to be higher than 10 years from now. But is real estate your number one investment right now? Uh, yeah, definitely, Carl. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm definitely high real estate um, net worth owner and then own stocks as well. So for me, it's, I guess it depends on your comfort zone and what, what you're um, comfortable in, what your time horizon is. So you know, I have um, investor buyers saying like, oh, I want to buy a pre-sale and they get caught up in because pre-sales are hot right now. So I'm like, well, what's your strategy? Are you looking to sell this in you know, a year? Well, maybe the entry point's not right. You know, if it's three years, maybe still it's not right, right? So I'm a long-term kind of investor and, and holder. Um, I'm looking 10 years out minimum for anything. And then it comes to comfort zone. So some people like stocks, some people like real estate, some people like crypto, some people like gold. Um, you know, um, some people want to invest in a business. So for me, like real estate, I like it because it's tangible and, uh, you know, you can really break down the numbers. Um, stocks I like too, because they, you know, either have a profit or loss or, you know, um, you know, growth metric you can analyze. So it really depends. I guess it just comes down to your personality, your risk tolerance. Like for me personally, when it comes to stocks, I don't really like to individually stock pick. If I'm going to buy anything, it's more speculative if it's an individual stock. Otherwise, um, you know, I'm just buying index fund or... Um, that's why I like real estate is, you know, numbers make sense. I'm going to be totally honest. I thought you were going to be a lot more informative and exciting in that topic. (laughs) Um, this is what I like about real estate. I'm pretty boring when it comes to investing, to be honest. I think, uh, but that's not a bad thing. Yeah. I think think it's just simple. Like, I don't think you have to overcomplicate it. Like the numbers make sense. What's your strategy? I think when people try to like hit home runs, I'm not into home runs. I don't like, I'm looking to... You know, wealth is built uh, slowly, so to speak. It can be built fast, but... Um, this is what I'm thinking. I think Thanks, buddy. hitting a home run is interesting enough to throw a little bit at, right? Yeah, exactly. Depends what percentage, If your right? net worth is $100,000 and you throw $90,000 at a random... But, but if you're young, maybe if you're young, like if you're like 20, for example, you have a lot, you know, it depends. That That's it's another component dumb. too. Like, it's still stupid. You know, if, yeah. you're throwing, if you're throwing... A big chunk of your net worth into a altcoin mm-hmm. in the hopes that it goes from three cents to twelve cents. Yeah, it's not wise. <laughs> Be careful. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. But this is why I like real estate so much is that in the short term you can cash flow, you can make a few hundred dollars a month, which is not super exciting by any means. But at the same Slow time, and steady. They're paying off your mortgage. Yeah. You're in that five-year term in that ten-year window that you own the property you are likely gaining some capital appreciation. And that $300 a month over 10 years turns into, holy shit, I just made a quarter of a million dollars. I just made $250,000. Well, I can speak to my numbers for my investments if that's more kind of what you were after there. My, my answer was a little too boring. I think it really depends the person. That's what I was trying to get at, I think maybe, is that it's not, totally. it's not as simple as like, you know, it depends. Like, you know, for me, my risk tolerance might be a little bit higher than yours. Um, depends. Like, you know, like I said, I have a wife and two kids. So I think your risk tolerance right. is a lot lower than mine. 
Sorry, a lot lower? A lot lower. Yeah. You have, okay. two, you have a wife and two kids. Yeah, so, so it could be because you're, you know. Yeah. I have a bag of golf clubs in my garage. That's my only responsibility. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I yeah. have $3,500 worth of responsibility downstairs in my garage. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> so not trying to like, you know, brag about, you know, my investments and stuff like that. I'm just if people are interested, um, if you're interested. So I purchased um, some condos that were cash flow positive. So when I analyzed the numbers, I knew there would be cash flow and then right away that gets me excited so it's just you know um you know what's 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 the investment look like today at the purchase price um and then what does it um look like in 10 years so i don't know i follow a lot of different real estate type investors and stuff and it comes down to it's when you purchase is when you when you um it's your entry points your purchase not your sell so most people look at the opposite, like, oh, what can I sell it for, right? So when I get the question of like, oh, I can buy this pre-sale for this and can I sell it for this? It's like, well- Don't worry about that. You're thinking way too short, right? So I'm looking, okay, my entry point, you're going to make your money on your purchase, not your sell, right? So so for the one I, the one of them I purchased, I bought a two bed, two bath in Porco Quillum. Before condos were making a move, and I knew they were going to make a move because the townhomes were really undersupplied. So you figure some buyers would go into that product. Um, you know, houses were or detached were really hot. So, um, so I figured like it's the one I bought for four sixty one. It was a corner unit, second floor, two parking, um, eight hundred and sixty square feet, something like that, um, and. Uh, when I analyze all the numbers, the 20% down entry point, uh, whatever, the, I think it was like 92,000 for 20% down. And based off the uh, mortgage with the interest rate, the um, strata fee, the property taxes, insurance, I knew my all-in expense would be 1700 So now the question is, well, how much can I rent it out for? So I felt comfortable I could rent it for eighteen hundred, maybe get as high as two thousand. I actually smelled like smoke in there, so I knew that okay, it wasn't as appealing. This is an opportunity, so I obviously knew I was going to replace the floors and paint and get rid of the smell and stuff like that. So based off all those numbers, uh, so so then actually I rented it out for by the time I closed three months later, whatever it was, and put it on the market uh, for for rent, I was able to rent it out for twenty one fifty. So cash flow pause of four fifty a month. So just cash flow and principal pay down. I'm yielding fourteen percent a month, or sorry, not a month. I wish fourteen percent a year uh, per annum, which is great. Now it might not be sexy to a lot of people, but fourteen percent is good in my book, right? I know I can get my money back. Uh, I can't remember the rule seventy two. So it's I think it was off the top of my head it's around five and a half years. I'll get my my down down payment back. Mm-hmm. Now, you notice I didn't talk about anything about appreciation. So appreciation is a bonus. That's the question mark. That's the variable. That's what you're not. um... Now, we talk appreciation, it gets much more exciting, right? So if I can just get like, you know, two and a half percent, five percent on average per year, then it gets, you know, because the leverage component, right? But I'm not placing my bet on appreciation. Now, it's hard to do in greater Vancouver real estate, as we know. But um, I look at it as appreciation a bonus. Now, if you have like things like positive migration, you know, um, low interest rates, um, low supply, which seems like it'll always be an issue here. Um, you know, incomes pretty high. You know, there's a lot of high uh, paying jobs here. 
right? Um, desirable place, you know, goes with um, migration, immigration. So like all these things are pointing towards it being a growth area. So I feel like my value is safe, but I'm not basing my bet on value, right? Mm. So, you know, it's now worth probably, I don't know, five and a quarter, 550 easily, right? Range, you know? So yes, I got the appreciation. I got a great entry point, but some people might say like, oh, why don't you sell? It's like, I'm thinking like 10 years from now, you know, I don't care what, I actually don't care what the value, as long as it doesn't go to like 300, I'd be pretty disappointed, obviously, but um, it really comes down to, you know, does it pay me? That's why I look at my real estate investments, right? So, so I have a, that's just one example, but I have a few of those that um, are a lot of making people those get, kind of numbers. A lot of people, yeah, especially young people get intimidated by the idea of owning real estate. Yeah. They see just gotta buy one headlines. and get your feet wet. <laughs> totally. They see these headlines in the media that say booming, crash coming, bullshit, yeah. bullshit, bullshit, headlines. right? You got to clickbait. Yeah. Understand so get away that you that. can start really, really small in Greater Vancouver still. You can mm-hmm. still buy a one bedroom condo in the threes in Port Coquitlam that is pretty new. That's mm-hmm. going to rent for like 17, 1800 a month. You don't even have to live there. If you have a cool rental situation in Vancouver, you like it. You and your boyfriend just moved in together. You're 23 years old. You have 50, 70, 80, whatever, a few, let's say 80 grand, 100 grand to invest in. You don't have to move to Poco if you don't mm-hmm. like Poco, mm-hmm. but you can invest and have someone else pay your mortgage and build equity that way. Right? Well, even all my first time buyers that help, they're, you know, uh, doesn't matter how old they are, but like uh, if they're, let's say, millennials or Gen Z now, right? Um, I always say, it's, hey, this is a stepping stone. Like I said, you know, you call me in five years and wind to up, you know, upgrade. I'm going to encourage you not to sell, right? That might not be smart, you know, from an, like a realtor point of view of like, you know, trying to make a profit, so to speak. But like, it's my honest advice. I believe in holding um, real estate, right? So I said, buy this today, rent it out, move on to your next, you know, look like, you know, you got to see what the numbers look like, obviously at that point. But um, now I'm a big believer in buying and holding and investing, you know, like our, our parents' generation told us to to save, right? You know, save, you know, it's... You know, we're talking about headlines, right? It's like, you got to get way past that. Actually educate yourself, you know, get get the right content to um, educate yourself. Like I'm constantly studying macroeconomics, reading, you know, um, the latest, you know, bank statements. And, you know, what do the numbers tell me? That's that's really what it comes down to. You know? You're more analytical than me and I'm more gut feel. Let's gut say. feeling is but, important too. I, I have that, you know, but, you know. I work off of experience and things mm. I've seen. And I don't like giving advice or even using the word advice. I like sharing experiences and letting people interpret them for themselves. But the one piece of advice I am very, very confident in giving is don't listen to a goddamn word your parents say. Your parents have no fucking idea what they're talking about when it comes to 2021 investing in real estate. They're working in 1973 where there's 17% interest rates and they're buying homes for 40 grand. Guess and, what? and they That's got lucky reality. and wrote it up, right? So, like, I don't know, like, it's the financial literacy component of that. I mean, we want to get into that, like, when it comes to like education, like, it's totally messed up. But you have to, you have to seek. If you don't seek, you'll never understand, right? And you know, I've never wanted to be someone that's kind of closed-minded and thinks life has to be a certain way, right? You know, like, why can't it be me, right? You know, so invest in yourself. You know, get the right education. Learn from people that actually have done it, rather than you know, someone that's got a headline or some CMHC guy that says it's got a prediction. Like I, I care less about any prediction. Like 
you know, when that guy was saying like 18% crash, I was buying, got me excited. You know? 100%. You know, so like, I, I don't listen to the, you know, the fear tactics that people like, because I'm confident because of what I know, right? You know, the quote and the knowledge is power, right? You know, so like, I'm not saying I'm always right. Like, you know, definitely not. Like I have a lot to learn, but that's the point. Constantly, you know, evolving, learning, seeking the information, right? You know, um, if you're doing that, you're always going to be kind of cutting edge of, you know, the, what's what's uh, the best bet or, you know, that's what I believe in. My first place that I ever bought was $272,000. Jealous. It was a one-bedroom condo <laughs> in New Westminster. It was brand new at the time. My dad told me not to do it. He's like, don't do it. How much are you putting down? I had $40,000 that I could put down. Put $40,000 down. He's like, don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. You're going to regret this. Now. You're going to regret this. <laughs> five years later, I sold that. Literally, in five years, I sold that place for three eighty. dollars so with my mortgage pay down over five years, plus selling for a hundred thousand dollars more, I made a little over a hundred grand, and that just propels you forward, right? Yeah, exactly. Stepping stone. Versus paying eighteen hundred dollars a month in rent every year, every month, that is just going into someone else's pocket. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Like, the well, especially these rates right now, though, the amount of principal pay down you have, like, you know, on my on my principal residence, I think it's like I don't know. I don't mean look, but I think it's around like 1500 bucks a month or something like that. And just principal so as on. young people, like if you're 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, whatever, and you are in a career that you like and you're making a little bit of money and you're saving money, this is interesting, right? This is a really interesting topic. You're renting a basement suite for 1200 bucks a month. Stay there. If you're happy there, stay there. Buy a one bedroom condo. It's going to cost you 15, 1600 bucks a month for your mortgage and your whatever, whatever, depending on your down payment. And you're going to rent it for 18 to 2000. You're going to make 400 bucks a month cash <laughs> and they're paying your mortgage down eight or $900 a month. Mm. This is really interesting, right? Mm. You can stay in your 1200, 1200 a month rental and invest in something that is paying you and you're not worrying about it. Mm -hmm. You don't have to live in your first place. A lot of people mm. have this this idea in their head that they have to buy their first place to live in. Yeah. And I don't think that is necessarily true, especially if like, for some reason, a lot of like younger people, I'm 32 now. So I get to, I get to say younger people. I get to say it. What, <laughs> yeah, are you still I'm, in your twenties? No, no, no. I, I'm actually a little bit older than you. Oh, I thought you were younger than me. I thought you were like 29 or 30. Yeah. I look at it, but yeah. And, and my, <laughs> my fitness watch tells me I'm 23 and a half. Yeah. <laughs> You're older? You're 88? Yeah, I'm 88. Lady yeah, 88. I'm 89. So I'm, I'm, I'm uh, yeah, 30. I just turned 33 uh, a little over a week ago. A lot of younger Two people ago, think that their first place has to be like this dream image yeah. that they're purchasing. Right? Mine was a shitty, like, not shitty. Stepping stone. It was fine. It was, it, was. it was like a nice condo, but it was like a yeah. small 600 square foot one bedroom condo in the US. Mm -hmm. Did I want to live there forever? Mm. No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought, Investing in something well, other than just having $40,000 yeah. cash in my bank account yeah. was better than nothing. Well, right? I think, you know, from a societal point of view, is like, you know, there's, or, you know, personal um, kind of, you know, idea or what your parents told you or what society tells you, like, you know, it's fear, right? So fear is a very much a limiting factor to people, right? Hmm. Also putting yourself in, in a box, right? Um, 
saying you have to work for this person or work for this company forever, yeah. or I'm only worth 20 bucks an hour, right? Like only you are telling yourself that, right? You know, you don't have to be that, right? You know, so that's why I got into real estate. That was the main driver I got into real estate is because I did not want to cap to my income. Um, and I wanted to be in some form of sales or um, an opportunity where it was my effort that would propel me. Not working for the man, not saying that's bad, you can work your way up the corporate ladder, but I wanted, you know, so like that's how I propel my business is, you know, I did open houses every single weekend, four weekend, my first year real estate. I did, I door knocked with my partner, Josh, 30,000 doors in about a year. That's effort. That's work that not a lot of people want to do, right? But that got me to where I am today, right? You know, and I'm not saying I'm top of the mountain or anything like that. Is this going to be your third full year? No, fourth. Um, I just, I just, I just finished my third full year. Yeah. So no, but like from January to December, this will be your third full year, full calendar year? I started in October, 2018. So I've just completed my third year. How many transactions are you going to do in 2021? Uh, you, you, well, we're a team now, so okay, I don't know. So you and Josh, together. but Josh, Josh and I, so our buyers agents have kind of just joined us. Uh, Martin, and Liz, great people. Martin is a young hustler that uh, been mentoring for a few years, and uh, he's only 20 years old. But the kid how, is many, how many? How many units here? Um, I don't know. I actually don't. I track my numbers at the end of the year because I'm not driven by. You got to be kidding me! You don't know the number? No, I know the number. I, well, I have an idea. I, know I think every it's around. Second I think it's around my business. I think it's around eighty this year, but I, I don't like. 80, I'll, I'll 80 look team wise. Yeah, but 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 Josh Dude, and I are majority of that because um, Martin has just started the last two months. Liz is about six months. They haven't done a lot of volume yet, right? So it's most of it's Josh and I. But next so, year, next year I think we'll do over a hundred as a team of four for sure. Right? Okay, so, so eighty is well, awesome. Of the market, eighty is right? awesome. Yeah, congratulations. That's Thank awesome. You. Yeah. You should know the exact number. Yeah, but we're see, we're at one ninety one right now. Holy smokes! And if you ask me, in twenty four <laughs> hours from now, we'll probably be at one ninety two, and I will know it the yeah. second it happens. And I'm not saying that's that's wrong. I'm, I, you know, for for me, I can maybe explain a little why why I don't know. Because um, I am a numbers guy, I like to track. I'm not driven by that number, right? It doesn't matter. So I analyze my numbers at the end of the year. Someone has numbers at the end of the year, and then so look. Jamie has no interest in that. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Jamie's more like marketing and people, which is amazing. Because mm-hmm. I want to be more like sales and relationships. Gosh, like one ninety two. That's serious. Serious volume. <laughs> yeah, congrats. Like, that's great. Yeah, we're close enough to two hundred now that we're like. Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> it's funny to say gonna, as know. as we're in our team meeting. So we have a team meeting every Tuesday morning. Yeah, just Zoom, whatever. Mm-hmm. But every every. Every week that goes by, we're like, like, we feel a bit more pressure and like the team is like, fuck, are we going to get there? Are we going to get there? Yeah. We're talking about 200, obviously. Yeah. We've never cracked 200 ever. And so every every week that goes by, we're like, oh my God, is this going to be a failure? Is this yeah. going to be a failure? When this is by, far, drives you, this is right? by far our best year ever, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah. just like the uh, the really cool thing about our team is like, we're so excited together. Mm-hmm. Right. There's five of, there's five realtors. There's five of us. Communal goal. Right. Totally. I get it. And it's like this, this uh, almost mythological number of 200. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's crazy. We've never seen before. It's It's so cool. I think it maybe we, maybe going more in that direction because I really feel strong about our team. And, um, you know, like we're kind of trying to, you know, get to where you guys are at. Right. 
But for me, it's more, I'm more about process driven than, than result driven. So I believe in if I do the right things day in, day out, results happen. So that's why I'm not really focused on the number. I'm not saying that's bad. It's just for me, it's not a driver, right? Like, just like being a top 1% team, like I know we'll get there, but it doesn't really drive me to be honest. Like all the kind of accolades in the real estate game, like I'm not really interested by it, to be honest. Like I'm it's not, not it literally means nothing. Yeah. It means nothing. It, I'm not saying, saying it means anything. Saying guys top either, 1%, just, yeah. I would say saying being able to say your top 1% helps us land a listing. Yeah. One out of 25 times. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very few. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean anything. We don't even talk about it. Like it says it on our business card, sure, because it's cool that you're allowed to say that, whatever. What does it mean? It doesn't mean anything. Mm-hmm. Like our business is so sold on relationships, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like meeting people, connecting with people, and being able to present your value to them. Mm-hmm. This is what we do really, really well. Going back to like, I don't know how long we've been talking, an hour and a half ago, hour and ago, whatever. We're talking about like neighborhoods. And I brought up Queens Park and I had this meeting this morning over Zoom with a new buyer that is wanting to buy in Queens Park. And at the beginning of the meeting, she said, just so you know, we're meeting three different realtors. I said, okay, that's great. Halfway through the meeting, we started talking about Queens Park and I was like, I think one of their con- one of their questions was, what are your relationships like with other realtors in the industry? And I just kind of said, well, you're looking at a really specific neighborhood and there are five real realtors, real estate teams that do the majority of sales in that in that neighborhood. And I name the five, like us, Dave Valley, Lori Frolic, 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 sorry, Lori. I'm not 100% sure on the pronunciation of your name. I love I you. You're awesome. Frolic, Frolic. I think so. I'm sorry. I love you. <laughs> She's great. <laughs> um, Derek Thornhill. Yeah. Tracy Davies. There's like five. Sounds about right, yeah. And like right away, I saw the the client, this potential client's face. She's like, oh yeah. She's like, we're meeting with three people and they're the three people that you mentioned. I was <laughs> like, well, yeah, like yeah. this is our neighborhood. We know every, yeah. we're like, and I said, there's been 24 sales this year in Queens Park. That's low. Like that's not very much. That's two a month basically. Yeah. And I'd say 80% of them are between those five people right like it's like those people get the listings because everyone knows them in that neighborhood and so i'm like if you want to know our relationship with them call them call Lori right now ask her about me we text weekly like it's like Lori will text me and be like hey Mm. i have a buyer looking in glenbrook or the heights or sapton or whatever understanding is looking for a five-bedroom house do you have anything coming up tons of realtors right you know some of them are really good friends, right? So, And that's what they said. They're yeah. like, what are your relationships like with other realtors? And I said, our database of realtors is in the thousands. Yeah. And if you have a bad relationship with a realtor, it's not a good thing. Like, you know, you shouldn't, Yeah. right? You should be all kind of like trying to get along and make the deal kind of happen, of course. And I've only had a few quote unquote on the blacklist and something they did. Do you know? have a blacklist? Well, not like a actual blacklist, oh, but like mental. You I know, somebody see their name again, kind of thing. I'm like, oh, okay, you did that that time. That's right. I, 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 for me, it's more the dishonest things, kind of thing that really gets you there. So I have a blacklist. I've had, I've had, I've had, a, I've had a few of those for sure. I'd recommend starting one. Yeah, I have yeah. a blacklist on my phone. It's just people. Well, that, like one, you know, fudge multiple offers one time. Top producing realtor. Like, come on, you know, like that stuff is just like 
like obviously I'm going to mention the name, but just that's just crossing the line. You can mention the name. No. <laughs> this, <laughs> not going to do it, but. It's <laughs> not getting publicized, is it? Yeah. No, it's so. just, just for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, yeah, no, but <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that kind of stuff is just, you know, you deserve that, right? So I don't know other examples, but that kind of behavior, um, just crossing the line, right? One of the big things for me is not dealing with multiple offers property properly. <laughs> and it's not necessarily, <laughs> it's not so much coming from the fact that I lost. It's coming from the fact that you fucked the person that you're working for. Mm-hmm. And that makes our industry look really bad. When consumers see their neighbor sell the next week for $150,000 more, like, well, what the hell? Jenny Smith or Tom Smith didn't do that for me. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because they suck. They didn't call anyone back. They had 15 offers and you just took the first one that came in. Yeah. yeah, it sucks. You could call, there was a scenario, this is our best one this year and it's not the best one in my career, but the best one this year. House in New West, busy street, really good reno with a suite, great, great starter home. The original best offer was a hundred, I think it was $110,000 under what it sold for. How does that happen? We had 14 offers. You call everyone back. What's the harm? Eli, I'm sorry, man. Like, you're way out of you it. Wrote, you, wrote a, <laughs> you wrote a strong offer. It's subject free. It's the dates that we want. Yeah. There's five groups ahead of you, man. Yeah. Yeah, I had that scenario. And you're like, well, how much is it? Ago. I was like, it's quite a bit. I lost by 100 grand. It's quite a bit. To a host. If you'd like to win, I thought I was doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I thought I was in the hunt at least. <laughs> I know. There was one group in that scenario that came up 160 grand. Yeah. If you don't call anyone back, guess what, bro? Yeah, we you lost out on $160,000. Like fifth place in that one. The the reason I'm so passionate and angry about this topic is that this is life-changing money for people that we're working with, right? Mm-hmm. For people well, you that, don't sell your home that often, right? Well, people, you shouldn't at least. So this was like a younger couple who, yeah, yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, it happens all the time where like (laughs) you're dealing with a couple who's in their like late fifties, they raise their kids in the home, they're downsizing to a condo. This is their life savings, right? Mm -hmm. $150,000 to them for the next step in their life, the next chapter is life changing, right? Yeah. It's the difference between them being able to go on a vacation every year for the next 10 years. Mm Mm-hmm. Or just downsizing Speaking to a that, condo. I need, I and need a vacation. Like, I know. Desperately. <laughs> I think you're underestimating, you're uh, undervaluing how important multiple offers are. Oh, no. Me? Yeah. No, no. You're making jokes about this. I'm very, I'm very, <laughs> I know you're, I know you're very passionate this. about it. No, no, I know. <laughs> we like, need yeah, a well, course. Well, the thing is, like, I'm, Tell I'm definitely more. more on the buyer side. You follow things. Phil Moore on Facebook? Phil Moore? No, I don't. I know who he is, obviously, but Come on. I don't follow him. Phil Moore is a lifelong He's, legend in BC yeah, real estate. He's got a Ferrari. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he was the president of the real estate board. Yeah, for he was. A few yeah. Years. No, I, I, I don't. I've met Phil a couple of times. I don't really know him personally. Really, so He's very loud on Facebook. Is Every it? time he comments, I was always like, Phil, we need lessons on multiple offers. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you say yeah. every time. <laughs> he, he called me one time. Uh, while he was president because there was a multiple offer situation on a listing that we had 
This is an f- interesting story. This is the behind the scenes of real estate that is very important that consumers don't see. Multiple offers. We counter one of the offers. If you do this deal, here's writ- written offer. If you do it, we'll, sign, we'll, we'll agree. Mm. They don't reply for like an hour. In that hour, the other group calls us and is like, we'll do better than that. So we revoke the offer. Yeah, that's a legal good. thing, people. If you didn't know, realtors, yeah. most realtors don't know this. Mm-hmm. You can revoke a counter offer. Yeah, in writing, text, if it, email, if it's call, signed, do it all. Yeah, but if it's signed, if it gets signed before, you doesn't can't matter. Can you? I can't remember. So how do you prove that it's signed before? Yeah. So well, it has this, to be submitted. It has to be submitted back in time, and then if it's a proof of a, if it's gone like into your inbox, kind of thing, right? You could. So this is the rule. It has to be communicated. Yeah. yeah. So if if uh, agent one, two, three receives our counter, drives over to Mr. Smith's house, gets it signed in writing. Yeah. Doesn't send it to us or communicate yeah, to it, it If he matter. sends a text yeah. saying, Hey, it's accepted. I'm just driving back to my office. Done deal. Yeah. Doesn't send that text. Yeah. In this scenario, it wasn't even signed yet. So it didn't matter. Yeah. We revoked it. Mm-hmm. That agent ghosted us for two hours because <laughs> he obviously didn't have it signed yeah. and then said oh sorry it was accepted i'm just waiting to get it back to you i've already submitted the deposit to my office We're like too bad bro <laughs> wow <laughs> and That's we rough. sold it to someone else anyway well you gotta com- the, i think the lesson there is the, the miscommunication the lack of communication with him yeah with him not you no like he sh- whoever that person was should have communicated. Well, we, no, 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 but he obviously saw the, we emailed, texted, yeah. called, left a voicemail. Yeah. What no, no, that's it? my point. Is they, is they dropped the ball. No, but he knew. Yeah. He knew he should have done it really quickly and he yeah. didn't. Yeah. And he missed yes. out on the opportunity so that's his to win mistake. It. Yeah. And so he tried to like scramble behind the scenes and then say, oh, no, 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 it's signed. It's signed. See, look, mm-hmm. sends a text two hours later. Mm-hmm. It's signed. It's signed. I just haven't sent it to yeah. you yet. Doesn't work like that. So yeah. you can revoke. Revoking yeah. is interesting. Keep it in the back of your head if you're a real estate agent. Anyway, he actually submits the deposit to his brokerage. Yeah. <laughs> calls Phil Moore the next morning. Phil calls me. He's like, what happened? I was like, I broke it down. He's like, yeah, you're allowed to do that. I don't know. He he made up a different story. <laughs> I was like, well, this is what happened, Phil. I don't know yeah. what you want me to say. Yeah. I said, we sold to someone else. He's like, yeah, you're allowed to. Yeah. I said, I know. <laughs> have a great day <laughs> literally that was it yeah. like, alright thanks Danny yeah. nice talking to you yeah um, yeah okay so, let's get off real estate we've been talking yeah we've been talking a lot of real estate this is not a real estate podcast no it feels like I feel like I, we, I, I love real estate I know you love real estate too like it's definitely I consume it probably 12 hours a day dude it's it's but, all consuming yeah 12 hours a day is a low 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 estimate <laughs> Yeah. I'm thinking about it every second of every day almost. Man. Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> dude, um, I go for beers with my friends. I'm like thinking about properties I saw that day. I'm thinking about clients. I'll make notes while I'm out with my friends for beers, being like, oh shit, I didn't communicate with Jeff today. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. I'll I'll like text yeah, myself yeah. being like, yeah. email Jeff tomorrow morning. Yeah. I'm Things more of like an that. old school uh um pen and paper. I c- but I'm a taskless guy, so I have like eight my A B C but I get to it. So, cause I'm, I'm, um, like, I can't keep it in my head. Cause if I keep it in my head, then I, I'm limited, right? And my performance, so to speak, right? That's why I text myself yeah. or make a note in my phone. Yeah. 
and then I'll just look at so it I'm, tomorrow so morning. So whatever works for you. But for yeah. me, it's like I literally carry a notepad. Like or like a task. You're gonna go for beers with your friends and you're gonna carry a notepad? No, no, not that. But no, I have it Is like it a film I have it in my G notepad? No. Because I have hundreds of them. Yeah. Those are good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get those in my house, but um yeah, no, I'm an old school like pen and paper guy. So I don't carry it around with me, obviously. No, you know, like if 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 I was like having beers with you kind of thing, I'd put them like if it came right now, maybe I would make a note on my phone kind of <laughs> thing, but then I would put it in my ledger after. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like whatever works. Cause I actually yeah. tried the digital version and I just didn't like it. I don't know why. I don't know what it, what it is about the pen and paper and writing it down and then when you tick it. It's fun to cross off. Yeah, like I'm I'm that guy. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It just works for me. Um Again, whatever works for you, right? <laughs> it doesn't have to be a certain way, right? You know? Um, well, yeah, let's not talk about real estate. <laughs> let's talk about something else. Let's talk about... Um, We're talking about traveling earlier. Yeah, with traveling. Oh, yeah, I love to travel. Have you gone I'm an experienced guy. Two I'm years? a possession guy. Hmm? Have you, have no, you gone I haven't. last year? Uh, well, I went to Kelowna for five days uh, last September. For us, it's a challenge, obviously, uh, you know, for everybody these days with the COVID. And then, uh, gosh, when will it end? <laughs> I talked to a physician today, um, potential client, and uh, he says, like, we had a pretty authentic conversation uh, after talking real estate or whatever, and he said um, he thought it was going to be like a year and a half. Gosh, I could see it, but, you know, I don't think it'll ever end. It's funny that the border, so I'm going to the States on Tuesday. It's funny that the border to fly across, you got to get a COVID test on the way down, to drive across, Nothing. Yeah. None of this. I don't. And I don't want to really talk about COVID too much because it's just like like it seems like you always talk about. But like, um, the one point I'll make is I don't think a lot of it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I think that's a conclusion. <laughs> like you know, I'm not saying it doesn't exist. I got COVID. You know, in April. You know, but um, I don't. Think, a lot of it just doesn't make sense. Like your example, like doesn't make sense. So I don't know who's making all these decisions, but um, how does that make sense? This is, this is what I think the problem is. It's kind of like real estate. Kind of like, let's get off top real estate, but like the it's people, kind of yeah, yeah, totally. The people that are making decisions on COVID are not educated on viruses and yeah. science, yeah. right? It's like Selena Robinson yeah. is not educated on what is happening in Greater Vancouver real estate, yeah. and yet she's making these crazy policies of this cooling off period. Mm, mm. This thing is batshit crazy, and it's going to make it worse, Selena. Yeah, what is happening? Well, the thing is, like, yeah, it just you know, like the. A country can govern and make its own laws. So, you know, if, if the US decides to do something, then sure, right? Um, Canada decides to do something, but I don't know. I guess you're limited by travel because of the virus, but it seems like it's opening up again, right? So, Slow. I'm looking forward to going away somewhere. I've been thinking about it, but like, like just like all these growth pains in my business, like, are obviously a priority right now. It will get better. Um, and then just like, I don't know, like I've literally been living in the fast lane for two years, even three years, call it. Like, and I, I'm excited by it, but you can't be driving 150 miles an hour forever, right? So I know, because my wife and I are like very much experienced people. Like we like to dine out, not much consumer type people. We don't spend any money on like anything really, but um, except real estate. Um, <laughs> but uh, do, yeah. yeah, so um now we have two kids. So like we're uh, limited by that, of course, as well. So like I want to get away. Like we love to travel. So the last trip I took was Kelowna for five days. I'm going to call that a trip. Our first uh, was, uh, how old was he then? 10 months, I guess, roughly around there. 
So we went away Kelowna for five days, but then before that, the last trip I took was uh, Maui, twenty nineteen October. So I'm like so desperate. How many how many vacations did you take in your first three years? Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> zero. <laughs> no, it wasn't zero. But it wouldn't be it's long. Be no, there's a couple. Really there's probably once a year. Yeah, like short. I'm once, a minimum yeah, a once a year guy. So like two three I, weeks. I always say this like. My real estate journey is different than most because I had a ridiculous opportunity and I think I was a really interesting personality and work ethic to fit it, that opportunity well. Mm -hmm. But I will always acknowledge that it was a ridiculous opportunity. Mm -hmm. To connect with Jamie, Jamie is just like- yeah, Jamie's a great guy. And I, I've known Jamie for you. I'm not saying we're like best of friends or anything like that, but like, mm -hmm. um, like Jamie's a great guy and-, and uh, I know him back in my CGP days when I was probably yeah. like, I don't know if he's told you how we know each other or whatever, but I would have been young, probably like 17-ish. I don't know, maybe younger, yeah. 15, I don't know. So I didn't have to start from zero. I had, I got to start with Jamie as like a team person, right? Teammate. Yeah. So great teammate to have. <laughs> it was the most ridiculous learning experience yeah. of all time. And I feel like I spent... 12 months in real estate and I was six years deep in terms of experience. Mm -hmm. Like drinking from a fire like. hydrant, right? No, it's true. Yeah. Like even like the young yeah. uh, um, young guy um, I have on my team, um, Martin, like same thing for him. I can just like see it. Like he's actually super intelligent. He's actually a UVic student, got his real estate license and um, he's already done like six deals in like two months. So... As impressive. A, and as he's a, just a hustler, right? Like, you know, I have so much respect for the kid. As a team leader, what do you look for in terms of bringing on a new agent to your team? First is character, like character traits, number one for me. Define personally. Those, though. Character yeah. is just so um, who you are as a human being, really, you know, so no, what, what, what you what stand for, though? who are you? Yeah, but what? Yeah. So, you know, you integrity, honesty, do what you say, uh, accountability. Um, you know, can you perform the act or the job? Obviously, you know, that's one component, but I think it starts from who you are. So if I can't trust you or... What about their like, experience though? Do you care about no, like... zero. <clears throat> Don't care if they have experience. Not necessarily real estate, but do you care if yeah. they have w what their work experience is like? Do you look at their no. education history? No. Do you look at anything? No. The assistant I, I just hired, I didn't even look at a resume. So all you care about Don't care. is... Getting a gut feeling that they're some of that, that for they're sure trustworthy. Yeah, it's a vibe. It's a it's a thing. Like you know, like it's a conversation. You don't know. I don't need to read what's on your paper. It's a it's literally a conversation. And I could be wrong. Like you know, say quick to hire and you know, quick to fire kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it's going to work out every time, but like um, this whole kind of culture that we're in when it comes to you know, you know, credibility. Like credibility is important, of course, but. Just because you have something doesn't mean it's valuable. Define that and what you think the social environment values in terms of credibility. Um, well, education would be a big, big one. Disagree. Right. Okay. So like I'm talking so about like- I think like education a, like, was really important 15 years ago. No, no, no. no I'm not saying- No, no, no. So and today, you're, you're asking- No what, one gives a fuck. Yeah. No, maybe, maybe you're- Sorry, maybe I misunderstood. So you're at, you asked me- what society or what employers or, or yeah a, a value yeah yeah I think they value like the the degree disagree yeah 
I think they still do. Ten years ago, it was. Yeah, I think most. Well, it depends don't, who it I think is. Most people don't care. Yeah, if yeah. you're an accounting firm, yeah. you need someone that has passed the accounting degree. I get it. Sure, it is what it is. Yeah, but if you're a startup, if you're a small business, if you are a real estate company, if you are mm-hmm. a whatever. Well, I think it's becoming less uh, important. I agree with you. It's irrelevant. Still, yeah, in many ways it can be, of course. Right. But, um, in I think a, it's still so, like pretty important for a lot of people as a, like a checklist. Like, I, I guess it depends what um, industry and stuff like I think, that. I think the big business is telling you it's important. Mm-hmm. I think they have to have some sort of checklist to narrow down applicants. Mm-hmm. And that's an easy one. Just saying, like, oh, you have to have a, you have to have a degree. Yeah, no, that's, that's the degree. entry point. That's my point. That's the that's the entry point. If you don't have that, but every year that number yeah, of businesses that is entry point checking the bachelor's degree is yeah. going down and down. I, and down. I agree. So that's where we agree for sure. Like, I, I think that's why maybe you disagree with me. I, I believe that trend is going that way mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, it feels like that. At least the you know the, the stuff I you know seek for content and stuff like that, and it feels like that's that's the case. It's funny in our industry, like it's almost a deterrent to me. When I look at people that are potentially going to join our team, yeah. I really like people that work have worked in hospitality mm-hmm. just because of yeah. the vast skill set you the get from you dealing deal with. with different types of people. Yeah. Yeah. And I really like people that have played high-level sports because yeah. you you understand a couple things. Well, competitive one, nature is huge in this business. One, you have to be competitive to, to, kill people to get better attitude, at sports, but, totally. Yeah. Two, you have to be able to work with a team in most sports, yeah. Yeah. soccer, f- yeah. football, basketball, yeah. whatever, yeah. lacrosse, it doesn't matter, hockey. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you have to understand that the amount of work you put in is the only reason that you can get better, yeah. right? Well, I can speak if to, you don't to try, my personal yeah. you know, situation. Like I'm not that educated, to be honest. Um, I've taken, you know, I don't have a degree or anything like that. You know? I would disagree with, you saying you're not educated because well, I'm I think educated, you've educated but yourself not in, from a in, piece of paper standpoint. You've educated yourself <laughs> in practical ways, right? Yes. Whereas yeah. most people have Sweat bought equity. into society <laughs> and are educating themselves in impractical ways. Correct. Yeah. Such as learning psychology 101 mm-hmm. and I can learn that from right? a, any book, you know, like from the different like You can like, watch you know, a YouTube video yep. in 10 minutes and learn psychology Absolutely. 101 versus spending yep. 5 grand and yep. wasting 6 months of your life on this course, right? Yeah. No, for sure. Um, but I, I've always had that uh, competitive nature because, uh, you know, from sport, like I played hockey growing up from five. Even my mom, she always says to me, you've always been working, Eli. You started from five years old, right? Because it's an attitude, right? It's a, it's a, it's a um, like I had a dream to play in the NHL. Didn't happen. It's okay. Moved on from that. But, you know, from five years old, I was committed to something, Right. That's what I'm going to teach my two boys is, is that it's just like some sort of, you know, commitment, you know, wanting to, to win, you know, um, they don't have to win. It's okay if you don't, right. You're not necessarily going to be the best at everything. Um, but, you know, just doing what you say, you know, putting the effort in, right. Um, being competitive, right. Like show up. Right. And I think a lot of people just don't show up. So, um, you know, from five to 21 is where I played till I kind of knew the writing was on the wall probably by the time I was like 17 ish. Right. I kind of see that like, Hey, I wasn't going to be good enough. Like I was good enough to be there, so to speak. Right. I didn't have the opportunity in some cases, but I got to see like the hard truth of life, like really young. 
on how it's pretty cutthroat and you got to be okay with that. Um, you know, so when a coach tells you something it doesn't have to be true, it's going to be the same thing in the business world. You know, you think I get upset when a buyer says they don't want to work with me or it's not going to work out. Dude, don't even think about it. Like, you know, it's like the next day, it's like whatever. Dealing with you know? reject- rejection is so, so, yeah, it's so a huge thing. In any yeah. business, right? Yeah. It's not real estate specific. No, no. It's, it could be anything. It's contracting. It's it could like, be as simple as a anything. deal like, that doesn't work out on, on an investment. Yeah. Whatever, get over it. Move forward. Yeah. Right? You know? One thing you said, I want to clarify and maybe elaborate on a little sure. bit, is you don't necessarily need to be the best. And I don't think you need to even have the idea in your head that you want to be the best. Yeah. It's an interesting thought process to like have a goal but the goal shouldn't necessarily be compared to other people. And when you say, I want to be the best, I, agree 100%. Right? I want to beat Michael Jordan. Yeah. Like I yeah, want to yeah. be the best of all time. You're yeah. competing against other people, which I think phrase your mindset and your yes. work ethic and your thought process because you're comparing against other people. You shouldn't be. Versus like improving yourself, your yeah. business, your um, systems in your business, yeah. your employee relations, your whatever. I think that is so, so, so much more important. Well, it's like, you know, you and I, quote unquote, competitors, we know there's not business goals around, right? We might even be in the same listing position. It's all good, right? You know, but um, I think where I was going with that is that what I do good is what I do good at. And what you do good at is what you do good at. And I got to focus on what I do good at. Focus on that, 100%. Not what, you know, what Denny's doing or, you know, JD Teamers doing like I you know I respect you guys and you guys are freaking great at what you do. Yeah, fuck you. You, know? you probably like, trash talk <laughs> <laughs> The truth is out. <laughs> but um yeah, like you know, why am I worried about what you guys now? I definitely watch what you guys are doing because you guys are ahead of us, right? So I'm like trying to like learn, but it doesn't mean that's the right course of action for us, right? Or you know, any great, you know, realtor in the business, like I'm definitely watching. But I'm not like fixated on that and like, oh, I got to do this. Like, you know, because then you just get distracted, right? You know, so um, yeah, being the best version of yourself in every way. That's what I strive for as an individual. It's not even best. I hate the word best. I hate it. I hate it so much. It's like, it, it's a mythological thing, right? It's perfection. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Well, no, perfection right? is So exist, I always but... think like, how do you keep growing? How do you keep getting sure. better? Not not best. This best idea is is mythological to me yeah. in my head. It's like, I'm here now. How do I get a little bit better? Mm-hmm. How do I keep getting a little bit better? Mm-hmm. Can I change these three things in my business? Can we post what more can I do today? Can we do yeah, what can something I do today? different? Whatever, whatever. Yeah. But the best thing I hate, and I, I don't know. No, no, I don't like think this. I, I think you may be misunderstanding. It's not about being the, the best. It's about, I don't know if I'm using a, I could use a better word, but like being the greatest just, version of yourself. It's growth. It's yeah. personal growth. It's business growth. How can you improve, right? You know, daily, right? As an individual, as a team, whatever, you know, whatever you're trying to focus on, right? So for me, I'm constantly trying to strive to be better than I was yesterday. Like, you know. And that's something I think you learn really well from being involved in sports at a young age is like improvement. Yeah. Okay. You're like, for me and Carl, basketball was like our thing. Mm -hmm. My, your left hand is weak. Yeah. How do we improve your left hand? How do we get a little bit better at that for this year? Mm-hmm. Let's still focus on your strengths. I'm a good shooter. I want to keep shooting. I want to get better at shooting, but also improve this so that you're a little bit more dynamic, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The interesting thing that is not taught in sport, at least in my experience in sports growing up, is that treating people really well is almost more important than your talent. 
right? In sport, it's not. In business, it's more important, right? Your relationships with people, how mm. you treat consumers, how you treat other people in your industry is more important than your talent. If you are a rock star in terms of communication and service, whether or not you're the best realtor in the industry is irrelevant because sure. consumers love you and realtors love you, right? Yeah. So this is one of the things so. like, if I ever have a kid, we'll be and authentic. I'm probably be authentic a anyways. decade away from that, and I'm okay <laughs> with admitting that. I'd recommend sooner rather than later, but you're not. <laughs> I don't. Know, I can give you my point of view on but that. But if I ever have a kid, like I'm drilling into them, yeah, like treat people super well, like mm -hmm. be friends with everyone. What is the harm? Yeah, be an open mind. You know, yeah. Jimmy doesn't like you. Who gives a shit about Jimmy? Yeah, but still be nice to him. Okay, yeah. no problem, Jimmy. Love you, buddy. Have yeah. a great day. It is yeah, what you, it is. you don't want to be friends with the person you can still, you know, uh, treat them with respect, right? You know? Always, yeah. always, 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 always. And I think I, I definitely agree with when it comes to like, you know, okay, you have be the best, you know, capability of being of, you know, whatever your profession is, but you're a crappy person. Well, especially if you're in a relationship type business, then I don't know how well that's going to work out for you. Like some people just want to go with only just an expert and they don't care how yeah. they treat, are treated. But like, you know, um, like some, you know, for, for me, like I try to be authentic as possible. Professional with being authentic every single day. You know, that's the that's who I am. Like, you know, I just be who I am. So know? this is why I love this combination yeah. of hospitality and, and sports. Mm -hmm. Sports teaches you to be ultra competitive and work on yourself, mm -hmm. improve yourself. Mm -hmm. But in my experience in sports, it taught me to be a prick, mm -hmm. right? It taught me to be like, fuck you to other people. Mm -hmm. Taught me to be like, I'm competing one-on-one -on -one against you. Yeah. And I don't think that's the right way to think about like relationships and business long-term mm -hmm. versus hospitality told me, taught me to be the opposite of yeah, prick. Yeah. Taught yeah, me to I be like, what whatever you want, you get. Yeah. And I don't think that is necessarily the- What's the killer instinct that you have to have? Like, you know, okay, there's- one opportunity here and see you or me like totally you know i don't you have think, to you have to be you have to learn that you yeah. know i think it's a big key to to life i don't think it, the life is not yeah. that way though right and that's what you're trying to get at you don't have to be that right um but the like combination this, is so interesting of yeah. like yeah, yeah being super competitive with yourself yeah being ultra growth mindset being like i i know i'm getting better but I know mm -hmm. I can get even much better over the next few years by doing these things, but also really being considerate and thoughtful of how the consumer is going to interpret what I'm saying to them, mm -hmm. right? So that's what I learned from hospitality is I could say something to someone thinking that I was just being really friendly and they could interpret it a completely different way and think I was being an asshole. Mm -hmm. And that's almost the, that's the thing that hospitality taught me is like, has nothing to do with what you say. It's only about how the consumer, that person is interpreting it, mm -hmm. how that person is listening and yeah. hearing it. Yeah. And so the combination to me is like, is really, really important. And that's why I think my personality has developed into what it is today yeah. and why this real estate yeah. world works so well for me. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Because that's the thing, the thing about real estate where I could take to kind of almost anything else now is that um, I've had so many conversations that I'm not afraid of any <laughs> conversation. Dude, 100%. <laughs> like, I know. like I can read, like, you know, I don't want to come off like I'm bragging kind of thing, but like, you know, I say to my wife sometimes, I'm like, like it's true. Like I am a master when it comes to like body language, verbal cues. Like I'm not trying to manipulate anybody, but like, like I am like, you know, but I, the only reason I am is because 
from any sort of study, but then obviously just practice, right? It's like I have to know like every objection or every script or I don't even use a script, you know, I'm authentic, right? But like, you know, I think the key is just, you know, from making call one to call a hundred from call a hundred to, you know, call a thousand or conversation thousand to 10,000, like, like, I hope you get better, right? <laughs> you know? I firmly believe that every single conversation is exponential, right? Mm-hmm. Like every interaction, you're learning something from you and you're taking it to the next one, right? So it's an exponential yeah. scale that is just going flat for a while and then it starts increasing and then it goes, it just spikes. Yeah. Something so, just clicks or, yeah. Totally. Yeah. Like look back at my eight-year career, how many thousands and thousands and thousands of conversations I've had with consumers. Yeah. And in the first... 300, I was probably trash. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I was just a lost little yeah. kid, right? Yeah, yeah. But in the last 100, they've probably been really good. Yeah. <laughs> probably really good. And the, and the key is trying to keep evolving because there's this, I don't get stumped that often, but if you do, you're like, whoa. But that's the yeah. exciting part. That's, <laughs> that's the exciting good. part, Carl, though. <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh man, I've never that heard that That was interesting because I'll even admit it. Like that's how I handle like whatever, if it's an objection or whatever, I'll be like, Wow, that was a great question. <laughs> I'll like, you know, just even get a few one, it's true, right? You know, and then and then just kind of be able to think about it. Like, wow, that was a great question. I haven't heard that before. Okay, so what's right? your next step then? So you're in you're in a listing appointment. Yeah. Someone asks you something that you don't know the exact response to. Sure. You say, Wow, that was a great question. Next. What's what's next? Well, it depends on the subject matter. No, I guess. But <laughs> no. What's next? Well, what you say all the time is like, you don't know right now, but you're going to figure it out and get back to yeah, it. Yeah, that's funny. Admitting that's you don't know everything. That's where I was going. Admitting you don't know everything is so, so important yeah. in any business, yeah, right? Well, I'm not going to fake it. That's for sure. That, yeah. that wasn't going to be my answer, but I would say it depends on the subject matter. That's why I was starting with. And then, I, and then to Carl's point, that's what I was, where I would probably would have gone is like, I maybe don't know the answer, but let me, you know, figure that out. But usually, usually my response is my gut reaction to this is X. Sure. Yeah. But let me get back to you in a couple hours. Do you and think your, your sellers appreciate you being vulnerable? And I guess it's just the whole honesty aspect of it, right? If they don't appreciate that, yeah. it's almost not someone that you're necessarily interested in working with, yeah, right? I agree. Like, right. Well, just again, being authentic, honest. Totally. Yeah. My thought yeah. is, yeah. my first reaction is this, but I'm going to get back to you in a couple hours. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. do yeah, some research, yeah. call the person that you need to call, whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. yeah. This is what I found. Right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of like either it changes or scenario. just or um, mm-hmm. yeah supports your initial reaction. Yeah, it's I will the same say. In anything. I will like, say. Sometimes I'll be like, from my experience, I've had this. You know, uh, again, it's you know, we're not being super specific, but like, I'll be like, from my experience, you know, I've dealt with this with this. You know, this is what the result was. I'm not saying that's the best answer for you, but um, you know, this is what you know, has happened in the past, you know? Um, I, I don't know. We had to be more specific, I guess, what that no, is. But, but, like, but that's really valuable. No, definitely I think, not faking to, it. Like, I don't agree with that, but... That's valuable um, to a lot of people. Yeah. Is, I don't know the exact answer to your question. Yeah. We have to kind of play it out to see what happens. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I've dealt with these three similar situations in the last few, few months. Yeah. This is what happened in this one. This is what happened in this one. This is what happened in this one. Yeah. doesn't mean that yours is going to be exactly the same as this, mm-hmm. but here's a few different reactions that happen based on whatever. Mm-hmm. Our industry is so funny that like every single day you're dealing with new people in different situations. Yes, there's similarities you can pull. Yes, there's experience you can pull to provide guidance. 
but it's still a new challenge and a new journey for every single one, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a different budget. It's a different like timeline. It's a different family environment that you're dealing with. It's a different, uh, you know, their careers are different. Their income is different. It, it's it's like a it's like a puzzle. Yeah, that you're trying well, to not put every together, right? situation or uh, problem has got to have the same solution, right? You know, um, and and I think that's. A lot of times what our job is, we're solution-based, right? You know, where there's a problem, try to find a solution, right? Um, when someone asks you what your job is, what do you say? Um, that's a good question. I don't really get that question. So. Oh, come on. Uh, Eli, nice to meet you. My name's Danny Dumas. <laughs> what do you do for a living? What do you do for a living? Realtor. <laughs> no. See, I say, no, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, don't, I don't know what exactly my answer would be. Uh, I, don't know, I, I probably just, you know, because most of it, like it depends where, where it is and stuff. Like, you know, a lot of it life is surface level. So I try to get past surface level as we're having this conversation. But, um, you know, all this, like it depends who it is. Like if it's just someone just met, like all this probably just be like, I'm in real estate, you know, and if it gets further than that, then I might elaborate more and then I'll talk about like, you know, I'm, in the business of, you know, um, solving problems for people. I get problems, you know, constantly getting people that are asking, you know, how do I do this? How do I fix this? You know, how do I get this? Right. You know, um, and it's your job to figure out the answer. Right. That's what so, I say. Yeah. Is they say, so depends, what, do you, right? what do you do as a realtor? What do you do in real estate? I say, I'm a, rela people's I'm problems a relationship manager. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I manage relationships and I'm a problem solver. Those are the yeah. two things I do. Yeah, Negotiating no, is, is very important, yeah. but the other two are take far precedent. Yeah. Um, well, that's why I try to stress to my team all the time on how you guys are. You know, we might, might not be running the exact same business, obviously, but I'm all about communication and um, the consumer wants it now. So how are you going to provide that for them? Right? So I'm all about service and getting it done right you know so you should know like preparation huge like we have market update for like every um kind of product type we deal in and municipality we deal in like it's there done every single month so that if i have a buyer seller that calls me and says they want to know right something i have the information right there done right so i think the key is being responsive right you know like even I, I can't understand from our point of view when you don't get a response back from like a realtor in like a decent amount of time, right? You just imagine like how <laughs> they treat their clients. Like, okay. like you know, I haven't looked at my phone here and I don't want to be addicted to my phone. I, you know, I want to eventually be retired from my phone. <laughs> That's my goal. <laughs> but, uh, you know, just like the consumer wants it now. If someone texts me at like 9.30, like I have a cutoff and, you know, I want to become, you know, like a, not everything's about work and, you know, I want to be a good husband and a family man, right? Disagree. Everything's about work. <laughs> no, I'm very committed to my job, as you know, but like, you know, I want to be a good father, of course, and, and husband, right? So I want to get to the point in my career where I can kind of shut that off at a certain point. Like, you know, actually someone like Jamie, for example, is someone I really idolize when it comes to, um, you know, how he is, you know, as a dad and what he shows at least, right? You know, like he's got three boys, right? So- it is interesting I want to at the same time. Like it that. is extremely frustrating because sometimes you can never get a hold of that prick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And what the hell are you going to do? Yeah. Exactly. What if you need to know but, an answer but, right now? Yeah. No. So, like, if I get an answer <laughs> or if I get a question at 9 30, like at this point in my career, I'm answering, you know, more times than not, right? Like, you know, you just have to, right? You know, if a lead comes in at 9 30, like, are you going to respond to it? Like, 
you know? Like, I, usually I kind of now have like, if it's like past 9 p.m., I won't call the lead, but I'll definitely text the lead and say, hey, what's a good time for you to talk tomorrow kind of thing, right? You know, but it's responsiveness. Like you have to be responsive. Like, you know, like I paid for that lead. So like, why wouldn't I respond to it? <laughs> like, you know, so um, yeah, I don't know. I don't get, you know, being non-responsive. I think that says a lot, right? When I get the, like the best is when you get the call or when you call the lead or whatever, and they say, holy smokes, that was quick. <laughs> I love that. I love that reaction, right? Because it just shows me like, hey, like I'm, I'm doing good at what I do, right? You know, like, you know. It's interesting because I really, really value that timeline between when something comes into our inbox and when yeah. they get replied to. Yeah. And if it's more than an hour, I'll apologize. Mm-hmm. I'll say, hey, really sorry for the delay. It was just in a few appointments. Would love to chat with you this afternoon. When's yeah. a good time? Yeah. And the reply being like, wow, that was quick. Yeah, exactly. And my first like had response a couple, was, I apologize. <laughs> yeah, like I had a couple um, um, just before coming on the podcast and I said, hey, um, I'm busy at this time uh, for the rest of the evening kind of thing, but like, when's a good time for you tomorrow? Like, but it was done within five minutes kind of totally. thing. Right? When, like, I'll make it happen, right? It's yeah. a really interesting thing that most new people in our industry don't understand is you set the tone with that reply, mm-hmm. right? If they email you at 4 p.m., you reply at 4.30 saying, hey, what's a great time to call you tomorrow morning or tomorrow, tomorrow mm-hmm. afternoon, whatever. Mm-hmm. You tell them what time they're gonna, you're going to call them, mm-hmm. right? So look at your calendar for tomorrow. Yeah. If you you're opening. in yeah. appointments from 9 till 1.30, say, what's a good time late afternoon tomorrow from, to from, call you? Yeah, from 1.30 to, <laughs> to 5 or whatever, yeah. right? You, know, like, yeah. you, set the, you set the tone yeah. versus yeah. just replying be like, hey, when, when is a good time? And they'd be like, I'm free now. You're like, mm-hmm. well, I'm you're not free back now. back and forth. Right? Yeah. It's too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But that first reply is so important. Mm-hmm. It's so interesting. Like, happens all the time where you get an email on whatever, 1 p.m. on Friday. And you have a pretty busy afternoon and then you're like going out with your buddy for a beer and you don't really want to call someone at yeah. 7 p.m. on a Friday. Sure. So just be like, what time are you free this weekend? I can call you tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. I can connect. Do you yeah. want to Zoom? Do you want to meet for your coffee? What works for you? Tomorrow mm-hmm. morning. Mm-hmm. Then they reply tomorrow. Like they'll tell you what tomorrow morning works mm-hmm. versus the back, like the back and forth and the back and forth. And then you're almost like making a job for yourself to check your email later that day. Right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, how's your ankle these days? Ankles, honestly, <laughs> ready to golf. Yeah. That's what it's ready for. <laughs> as long as I pass my COVID test, took a COVID test about, yeah. what time is it, Carl? 7.30? Well, you, you look so. like someone that doesn't have COVID, but who knows these days? <laughs> I <laughs> feel like know. a million bucks, and if I get COVID, <laughs> yeah. gosh, I'm taking another test. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> False positive. Yeah, it's rough, eh? I don't know. Yeah. Angle's great. I want to go away. Uh, definitely. Um, Running in the dark though is dangerous as fuck. I do it at least twice a week. <laughs> you got a stupid headlamp though. You just get a headlamp. No, I don't, I, don't, I, I, Dude, I don't use my headlamp. On. Get a cool black diamond one. And, if I yeah, get a headlamp, diamond, it, all I can think of is, uh, what's his name in Zoolander? Going into the black mine. <laughs> I got the black lung pop. That guy? You know. Uh, What's his name? What's the actor's name? Ben Stiller. Yeah, Ben Stiller. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Remember, you wore that. Oh yeah, into the cave. Yeah, yeah everyone. Yeah, come on. Yeah, that's what I think. I, yeah, I don't know. I'll uh, I'll run. It depends. You know, nature of the beast, nature of the job. Right. You know. So I'll run. In, I'll run as late as ten thirty p.m. Sometimes. I met it really you depends four on four years ago. I think. Yeah. Uh, well, radio. So I was getting the business. I was looking for some guidance. 
How much weight have you lost since then? Uh, quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, shit. no. Well, yeah. Okay, don't don't make me out to be like. <laughs> so I was like, I was like super obese. <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I wasn't. Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> I've never been obese. Can I? <laughs> I was not Before you speak that. again. Sure, sure. Let me classify. <laughs> yeah. Eli used to be into like powerlifting. Yeah. So he was oh, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thick. Like that's bad to be obese. But <laughs> very, very muscular. <laughs> yeah. Not not fat in yeah. any way. Yeah. Very in shape, just different in shape than like a runner shape. Yeah. Anyway. I'm a runner now. But he was jacked. He used to do powerlifting. <laughs> anyway. But now yeah. you're running like seven, eight, nine K a day, it seems like. Yeah, it depends what what you know, I'm running about fifty K a week. For any purpose? No. Just to be mentally tough and in shape. <laughs> Are you like trying to David Goggins it or what? Um like he's definitely someone I look up to. Like wake I think up in the morning, slap your face, be like, "Nah, I'm you not, bitch." I'm, I'm not feeling extreme. Like you know, I try not to be extreme in any manner, but like, um, I don't know. I definitely idolize it. Like that kind of mindset. I believe our society is way too soft. I'll just put it out that way. So I believe in like understatement. Yeah. So I believe in being mentally strong. Less excuses. Solution focused. How can I make it? A challenge, you know. How can you, you know? I don't like you. you know, how can I be the best, <laughs> Daddy? <laughs> I don't. But, I just, <laughs> so okay, okay. Back to it. I don't now. disagree with the no, thought no, no. process. Yeah, yeah, I don't disagree with the yeah. mindset. All that happens in my head is how do I get better? Yeah, yeah. Better. Because I yeah, think better the idea of best, best is no, no, no. Is, yeah, you're right. Not it's not about being best. No, it's 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 more better. I I, I like that word much better. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's not it's not. Uh, you know, like someone like Goggins, I really like idolize in many ways. Like guy is just an absolute beast. Um, but again, it comes back to, you know, his environment, how he grew up. Like I've read his book and stuff like that. Um, very impressive individual, of course. But so, you know, there's portion of that I, I strive for, right? Like I want to, basically I have this kind of mindset. I will, I want to outwork you, right? I want to crush you. To some degree, not not any disrespect, but while you're sleeping, I'm running. While you're sleeping, I'm working. Right, that's kind of my mentality. Right, you know, I will. You made ten calls, I will make more. Right, you know, not that it's a competition. Like that's not what I'm trying to get at and have that kind of attitude. It's just about, I don't know, just having a standard for yourself. Right. So, so to get back to you where you're like talking about yeah so I, like i did definitely lose weight so i was doing more like yeah bodybuilding powerlifting because I, I guess you know when i played hockey i was pretty muscular but more like a you know obviously more of a cardiovascular sport like um so you know athletic call it that and then you know i went into kind of probably like a bit of a bodybuilding powerlifting phase and then kind of got out of that it was kind of old you know i, I tried to uh, test my like my strength kind of component of like how strong i could be from a natural point of view so, you know, I got up to some good numbers and then that wasn't really did it for me anymore. And then, yeah, now I'm just like, I like the cardio, like the run, like the cycle, like to go in the mountains. Goals? With cardio? With, with cardio? It's interesting because yes people ask no. me this. So, yeah. 2017, I got into real estate 2014. 2014, 15, 16, I worked 16 to 18 hours a day for four years. Yeah, I did not give a fuck about my physical fitness. Yeah, yeah. I was kind of there, at and I ate a bit shit. Of a point, right? Yeah, like I ate as cheap as possible because I didn't have any money. Yeah, yeah. so I ate Mister Noodles and Kraft Dinner, mm -hmm. and like I ordered the five dollar pizza from Domino's. Like that was what it was. 
That was mm-hmm. what it was for mm-hmm. four years. Mm-hmm. And then I was like 230 pounds mm-hmm. and I felt like crap. Mm-hmm. And then, so 2017 was like the first year that I thought I'm going to try to balance slightly better. Mm-hmm. And it was slightly better for a year than 2018. Then 2019, I told myself I was going to work out every day for a year. Yeah, it's impressive. And so I did it. I'm doing that right now. That's one of my goals actually. Like it. Yeah. I'm do on it. a day like 120 right now in a row. Yeah. I like it. I just want to do a 365, but I don't know. Another guy I actually look up to is Cameron Haynes. I don't know him. Yeah, 100%. Um, freaking love that guy. But, <laughs> Joe Rogan's hunting buddy. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. the bow yeah. hunter. Right? I don't need to, yeah, he's the bow hunter. Yeah. He's freaking, what a beast. I just love his mentality, his attitude. I, I like, you don't have to be that. That's not the point. But I respect the shit out of it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like, you know, um, and in speaking of like the, you know, when you struggle with a weight there for like a shorter amount of time, like obviously look great now, you know, and you're in shape, but like, um, <laughs> but um, you know, I've done a lot of, I've read a lot of books, you know, and I, I like to read, I consume a lot of like podcasts and all that, but um, you know, like growth mindset. So like one uh, book I really like is um, probably my favorite book of all time because it has many components to like just overall life. You can like, you can um, single it to like your business, but it could be become, you know, there's components of it. Like it was like being about being a good father, Right and husband and so basically the the book is Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. It's a pretty popular book, I think. And um, Stephen Covey, great great book. And he talks about in his in his book about the four quadrants of life. Um, four quadrants. I'm gonna go by memory here. Things that are very important. Things that uh, are important. Crisis and time wasters. It's something like that. It's. Um, so most people, why they can't succeed in life is because they waste a lot of time. So they live in they live totally. they, they live in quadrant four, right? And then uh, crisis, I think, is quadrant one. So they they so they either let life happen to them where it's either a crisis or a time waster. They spend their time in those two quadrants, right? So they let their health become a crisis. Doctor tells you, "Hey, you're gonna die." Yeah. Right. Or they waste all their time. They can't figure out why they're broke as fuck, basically, right? You know? So, well, maybe it's because you waste a shit ton of time. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? So, yeah. I'm not saying like how you should live your life. That's not my point. But like, if you want to have some sort of standard again, right? You know? So, um, so basically the, the conclusion is kind of like, you want to be really like quadrant two focused where things are very important. So, for me, my marriage is very important. Being a father is very important. My business, of course, is very important. Being somebody in society and my community, a good person is important. You know, my character, my, my, my you know, um, you know, my, um, you know, way of being, so to speak, you know, just, you know, someone of integrity, right? Um, my health is very important, of course, right? You know, um, mental and physical, right? So trying to, there's not one that's greater than the other is the point. So some people let, they're very successful in their career, their business, but then they sacrifice their marriage. They sacrifice their, their relationship with their kids. And they find out, you know, when they, they get all the money in the world and then they get to, their kids are 20 years old, not kids anymore. They're men or, you know, uh, women, right? Whatever, right? You know, and they're like, holy smokes, I don't have a relationship with my own child. Right, so I never want to let to. That's a crisis, right? You know, that's a crisis. You don't have a relationship with your with your with your kid, right? You know, your your own child, right? So I never want to let anything become a crisis situation. 
you know, and I think that's a point of being self-aware of things, right? So can you in a short amount of time may have to make some sacrifice? So right now, like I say, you know, kind of complained a little bit about like, oh, my business is in the ultra growth stage and I'm like so swamped in and I'm working 12 hours a day kind of thing. Yeah, well, that won't be forever. It can be forever. I choose it to be forever, but it doesn't have to be forever, mm. right? So I'm investing accordingly. So it doesn't have to be forever, right? Not that I love what I do. I could literally grind for another 50 years. <laughs> Like if if time was unlimited, I could just like literally grind forever. Like that's how much I love what I do, right? You know, so, but I know I'll be divorced. (laughs) I'll be divorced, not a dad, right? You know, probably overweight, whatever, right? So the key is just, you know, I don't like the word balance so much, but like uh, just, you know, being self-aware of that, right? Um, Work-life balance is such an interesting conversation. It's not even, it doesn't even totally exist. Obviously it's not really true. It doesn't exist, but it's an interesting topic. Yeah. So I don't think... There's no standard. No. There's no whatever. There's you, no like ideal metric. No. It is completely different for every human being. And I think it's an evolving schedule of what you're basing mm-hmm. your time off of. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was extremely important to set myself up over the first five years of this career. Yeah. To get to a point 100%. where I could even consider the thought of balancing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So the word sacrifice. balance to me in the first five years was hilarious. Yeah, Someone said sh- balance, I was like, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> no, no, I, 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 dude, I 100% agree. It's like, I have no interest in even yeah, talking about yeah, that yeah. because I'm so consumed with doing yeah. this, right? But the key is communication as well. So like my wife and I have a great marriage. We've been married for, since 2014. So that's, I guess we're in 2021, right? Seven. So yeah, we just had our seven year anniversary in May. So I guess we're going to year eight. Um, you know, we got two young kids under two, right? Um, the key is communication though. She knows it's not forever. I've communicated that with her and say, hey, like, you know, it will get better, mm-hmm. right? Um, so I think your other talk, uh, you were talking about like the first five years in the business kind of thing. I totally 100% agree with that. Um, if you want to be great or um, challenge, um, you know, to be the top, so to speak, you know, there's gonna have to be some short-term sacrifice. So how long is that sacrifice? That's the question, right? So that's another book I really like is The Compound Effect. Fantastic book. Um, and he talks about in his book where, uh, Darren Hardy, I think is the author, if I remember. And um, he talks about basically how you got to start, right? It's an action, it's, a, it's, a, it's an attitude, it's an action, it's a behavior. And the best way to move forward is you have to compound that effect. So for example, just like my door knocking, for example, every door I door knock is leading me more to that direction. So it's like, you know, the, you know, putting the snowball effect or, you know, lifting the, you know, the pushing the rock up the hill kind of thing, right? Yeah. You know? um, you have to, momentum, right? So you'll get more momentum as you do that. So then... I don't know, like I'm starting to see in my business where I'm getting a few more potential referral or, um, you know, we're hosting our first client event in a, a few weeks, right? So like, you know, these things are happening, right? You know, hiring the assistant, right? So, but that didn't happen from day one, right? Like it's from all the result of the things I've done in the last three years, right? You know, but most people can't see, they only see what's in front of them or like, gosh, you gotta be thinking like, way further than that. Like, you know, don't make decisions today based off, um, you know, what's comfortable <laughs> for you. Because if you do that, holy smugs. What's the saying go? Um, 
I can't remember who said it, but something of fact of like, if you like it kind of like comfortable, like, you know, what's it like a tough life? Um, I don't know, maybe you can help me out now. Like um, something like, um, let me think about it. Uh, Easy life or like easy decisions, easy life, tough life, tough decisions, like effort, so to speak. I'm totally butchering it, but like, um, you know, easy life kind of thing. Right, so you got to make some sacrifice to. So yeah, maybe I've done things like like just simply three. You know, I'm kind of rambling here, but like three three years of like real estate for me feels like. And you could probably attribute to this. Like, I feel like I've been in the business for like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> right, I don't know. Yeah. Like, but that is the compound effect, right? I have pushed so much in three years, mm. right that whoa like wait wait another two years like the results are not even here yet like you know like they're like in the distance and i'm not even focused on that but it's like you basically you got to start <laughs> Our business, <laughs> right you got to yeah. start and you just move forward right you know and, and just can, can i help cool. you out with your quote for a second here? sure sure yeah, yeah. so it was uh hard, it, hard choices e- equals an easy life yeah. easy choices is a hard life yeah, thank you. Thanks, Carl. Appreciate it. Yeah, basically that. I don't know who, the, who do you know who said that? Uh, Jersey Gregor, Gregorek. Okay, yeah, I don't know. But that that is pretty much breaks it down, yeah. Say again, sorry, Carl. So what? it just says hard choices, easy life. Hard easy choices, choices, hard life. Hard choices, easy life. Yeah. yeah. Easy choices, hard easy life. Easy choices, hard life. Yeah, there we go. That's what I was looking for. But I, 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 did I kind of get it? You were right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was kind of right there, there, but. <laughs> you weren't even fucking close. <laughs> Fuck you, Dave. <laughs> But, uh, this is so strange, but also it probably relates to so many businesses that if you spend a shit ton of hours in the early in your career. So my thought getting into this business was I need to work my ass off for five years yeah. to figure it out yeah. and then I can reassess. Correct. When I reassessed, I saw, you know, me and Jamie were doing a lot of transactions and we saw this opportunity to bring other people onto our team. And then it came into this thought process of, I can help other people and teach other people mm-hmm. to do what we've done really well. Mm-hmm. Then five years from now, it gets to this process where I can teach people that are doing things really well to teach other people to do things really well. Yeah. Then what? Mm-hmm. Then I've removed myself from the business. Yeah. yeah. That's an interesting yeah. idea. Yeah. Now I'm not involved in real estate sales anymore. Mm-hmm. I own this business, mm-hmm. but I'm not involved anymore. Mm-hmm. What have I done? Freed up a shit ton of time. Yeah, well, to you, do other you've things. Populated yourself, or or, or duplicate yourself, or, or it's such a great yourself. insecurity in our business, right? Yeah. yeah. So many people are so consumed well, scared with to like spend money, kind of thing, you know. But the I get excited when I spend money. Like I don't, I'm not a reckless person, but like, <laughs> but so many people get very scared in you know, like obviously we deal with a lot of mortgage brokers, and it's very similar in their business. They get scared of delegating. Yeah. If yeah. I give, give, hand off or like share a consumer, a lead, a buyer, a seller, whatever, with mm. a partner on my team, with a another realtor on my team, another mortgage broker on my team, whatever industry, if they feel like they're giving something away and losing the opportunity for future business and referrals versus mm-hmm. I see it very differently. I see it that like, we're see, building this culture. Yeah. We're building yeah. this yeah. this monster. Yeah. 
that, that gets started, me excited too. It like, started I, like I a actually, marble. It started yeah, so yeah, yeah. small. It was Denny, the most naive kid of all time, mm-hmm. when he was 24 years old. Yeah. And no fucking idea what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. No clue. But the thing, the decision you made, you made, you know, uh, conscious, um, proactive decisions that's led you here today. Right. You know, like we, we have to say that, you know, we're blessed in many ways. I'm very grateful for everything I have. Right. Um, you know, some people are not as fortunate, of course, but we all have decisions that we can make, you know, and, um, you know, you made those decisions right now. If you were someone that was born some other part of the world, of course, maybe not the same opportunity and decisions. Right. So I'm, I'm very aware of that, but, you know, kudos to you to, you know, recognizing that and being self-aware, right? Not making excuses, making a conscious, you know, again, like decision to, to move forward, right? Um, There's challenges like in any opportunity, right? Yeah. An opportunity comes and there's risk involved. Of course. For me, it was the risk of not having any money and getting yeah. into an industry. I no knew clue where your next about, paycheck's coming. I knew nothing about. Yeah. And just... Assuming it was going to work out because yeah. I knew my only variable that I could could trust and could rely on was I knew I could work harder than other people. Yeah. That's all. Pretty much same here. That's it. Yeah. And like, I can't compare, like I even avoid the thought of comparing myself to other, you mentioned like other, boy, being born in another country, being like a different race, being a different gender, being like mm-hmm. whatever. I avoid the thought because I just can't even comprehend what that would look of course, like. Yeah. I just have to focus on like, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. How do I get better? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Speaking to another point, um, comparing yourself to others, that's what I think you were talking about too. Like, why would it make sense for me to compare our team to your team? You guys are like way ahead of us, right? I'm not saying one day we so could be what, equals. Though? Yeah, exactly. But one day we could be complete equals where you do 200, I do 200. I'm sure that's totally possible, right? But why would I compare myself to you, right? Why would I compare myself to someone that's like 20 years in the business or, or, or why would I compare myself to like, you know, any like successful investor or something like Warren Buffett, like, like guys like 80 something years old, 85 or whatever, like, you know, like it doesn't make any sense, right? Why would I compare myself to like Dave Valley who's been selling real estate for 30 years? I think be open-minded to listening to what those people, whether it's in your industry or not, Warren Buffett, different industry, mm -hmm like Ty Corsi, yeah. our industry, yeah. be open-minded to listening to what they've done well, what they've, um, of course. what mistakes they've made, yeah. how they've learned. Yeah, be open-minded to that. Of course. Comparing is just, is, is a losing Fool's formula game. for everyone. It's a fool's game. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because his personality, like say Ty Corsi, his yeah. personality is very different than mine. Yeah. What he does is not going to work for me. Yeah, Because exactly. I can't Why would you try to duplicate replicate that? what he does because he's different, yeah. right? Yeah. The way he... Like runs a business the way he works day to day is just different. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. But he has some phenomenal qualities. Of course. That you can look at and be like, one, he's a hustler. Dude, he <laughs> works his ass off. 100%. I have so much respect for that. Like, you know, like people like that, like it's just grinders. Like, how can you disrespect that? The main thing you that know? I think Ty Corsi is winning at is consistency. Yeah. That guy is so fucking consistent he's with amazing. everything that he does. Yeah. yeah. He still does what, mail outs. Every Monday every Monday, morning. Mail out Mondays. Yeah. And in my head, he yeah. posts a story every Monday morning, be like, mail out Mondays. And in yeah. my head, I'm like, man, you're just throwing money away. I hate it. Yeah. I hate it. I hate everything about this. Yeah. And every time Jamie emails me, be like, hey, we should do a flyer. And literally my <laughs> reply is, fuck 
No. <laughs> yeah. Every time. Because I hate throwing money away for no Yeah. I think it anyway. I like spending money. It's 2021, but it's not 2014 <laughs> anymore. 2013, 2014, money. 2009. Mailouts worked. Yeah. They don't work anymore, yeah. bro. They don't work. They don't and we've work really, anymore. you know, we're definitely doing the online thing, but uh uh what was I gonna say? Uh there's some point I wanted to make there. Can't remember, man. I think it means we're getting to the end of the evening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We'll do it yeah. again. Yeah, no, absolutely. You got to get home. Good time. Hang out with the kids. 7.30. It's two hours. They're asleep. Uh, no, the youngest will be asleep. He'll How old be, are they? Uh, eight months. Son Connor. Um, yeah, he'll be asleep. Just started sleep training. I'm like two, uh, eh, about two months now. When does he start running with you? Yeah, great question. <laughs> I want my sons to be savages, but but not but but not but not all. You got two so, boys. Yeah, two boys. Yeah. yeah, and my Silas is my oldest. Um, he's almost two in December. So that age is so mad. It's a I, lot of work. So man. I have fifteen nieces and nephews. I don't have yeah. any kids, but yeah. the age of like one and a half to probably like four to five is hilarious. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> yeah, as a uncle. Yeah. It's very, very entertaining to be around because yeah. they're like kind of getting personalities, but they're still dependent on you. So they want to be around you and they start talking a lot yeah. and saying ridiculous shit. Yeah. But then when they get <laughs> yeah, to like totally. six, seven, eight, they yeah. start being like independent and they're like, yeah. I don't want to hang out with you. You're too old and like stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. But that age of like whatever, two to four, yeah. one and a half to five. Well, my something. oldest is starting to talk uh, a little bit. Like his new favorite word is wow. It's <laughs> because <laughs> my wife says all the time, but. Yeah, shout out to my wife because like she's a you know she's a stay at home mom right now. Um, but um, hardest job <laughs> ever. But that's where yeah. we 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 um we balance each other well because uh, you know whatever I've quote quote me like it's not just me but like that's the point is that whatever I've been successful with it's not just me it's her right as well so like. Um, we're a pair, right? We started together, right? We started from ground zero. And um, we have a commitment to, you know, our kids, obviously. And uh, my job's to grow the wealth, <laughs> you know? Um, her job is to, you know, look after her kids. And, you know, I'm going to be a dad, of course, and I'm not saying that, but just um, she's doing the brunt of it right now. I'll say that. Like I'm, I'm well slept, right. You know, for the most part, uh, you know, the odd night, you just get me into it kind of thing. But you know, I'm not really the one that's been waking up in the middle of the night for the last two years and stuff like that. And uh, it's very appreciated because, but we had those conversations and maybe that's another thing, you know, it's just being on the same page with your spouse or business partner, whoever, it's very important because there shouldn't be any kind of unknowns, right? Like when we had decided to have children and, um, it was very much communicated how it was going to be. There's no guesses, you know, there's no question marks. And, it, you know, you evolve, of course, right? You know, things might be, like I'm noticing like she's struggling maybe with some certain things. I've thought about like, you know, hiring a cleaner kind of thing for a house kind of thing, you know, and help out, of course, right? Like, it, but uh, yeah, we're a duo <laughs> with two more. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't want to put any like major expectation on my kids other than just I want them to be happy and strive for what they want in life. And it's pretty new to me. The <laughs> be, better the best. Being, being a dad. All, a dad you've talk, all you've been talking about for the last two hours is being the best. 
So Silas, better as fuck be the best. Yeah, no. No, it's not that. It's just, it's just, no, I know, I know. But just, it's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, maybe I come off as kind of like strong personality. Like, I'm definitely a type A, like, you know, but um, it's not about that. It's just more just, you know, I don't know. I'm not a military style guy, but like, I, I kind of old school in a little bit of way, you know, same with my wife. Like, we're actually pretty old school, right? You know, like, that the role, quote unquote, roles in today's society kind of thing. Like she's the mom, she's a great mother, you know, and she looks after the kids. Like, I don't see any problem with that, right? You know? I've never had a um, kid, so I can't speak from experience. It's hard, man, you know? like You can do, tell me if kids. I'm wrong, but looking yeah. at my experience, looking back, being a kid, growing up, being a teenager, and now an adult, I think the most important thing for me was realizing who I am mm -hmm. and just focusing on that. Not trying to please other people, just yeah. realizing this is who I am. This yeah. is what I do. Yeah. I am totally. not going to be, I tried the corporate thing. Yeah, yeah. I I thought I was going there. I hated my life yeah. every day. Yeah. Hated it. wasn't it. me. Yeah, either. Yeah. Yeah. So like if I have every kid, literally all I'm going to preach to them is like, figure out what you like yeah, and do 100%. it as much as you want. Do it to the best. Totally. <laughs> get Just get better every day. That's the word of the night. <laughs> But, uh, but no, no, I think that's where, you know, I agree with you. That's, um, you know, you're not far off at all, but that's what I'm, I'm wanting for my kids is one, just to be happy. And then, um, you know, I think happiness comes from inside out versus outside in. That's another Stephen Covey uh, context there. I really believe in that. I know who I am. You seem like a guy that knows who you are, right? And that comes from, within, I don't make decisions based off what other people say. Like you can't convince me, you know, no offense, but like I'd listen to you, respect your opinion, mm -hmm. but I'm not gonna be, um, you know, pushed in any sort of direction uh, if it's not comfortable, right, you know? The um, cool thing is though, understanding, understanding who I am today, mm -hmm. but also being very open-minded to that, it's going to evolve 100%. every year, right? I'm way different than I was even at 30 to, 25, not in the same human, you know, totally. in many ways, like, you know, in some ways very similar, like, you know, from like the core of my being, I'm, I'm very much the same, like the way I run my business and stuff. Like I, I believe in, you know, being a good human, number one, right? You know, so what is a being a good human? Well, you know, I guess you can define that for yourself, but, you know, um, you know, and that's when, you know, again, going back to my kids, it's just like teaching that, like being a good human being is number one. And then, you know, you're going to be happy, if you make choices, um, not selfishly for yourself, but um, I'm saying too many ums, trying to get my, my uh, thoughts together, but uh, just you will be happy with who you are as a human if you do the right things more than you do not, right? You know, so just um, I will encourage that behavior if they want, whatever they want to do, I will encourage. Right. And um, not try to mold them anyway. Have structure and rules, but also certain structure. Structure is not important as well in many ways um, where you can get um, that growth. Right. You know, not protect them, not be overbearing. Right. So, you one know, word I will never freedom. use, ever use with my kids is protocol. Protocol. No such thing as protocol. Yeah. If someone says the word protocol to you, do the opposite. Do <laughs> yeah. whatever the opposite is. Yeah. Do the no, opposite. No, I don't want, you know, like it's, it's putting in a box, you know, you know, like you. Yeah. 
Yeah. Fuck you. Like even this assistant that we're going to hire, for example, for our business, you know, um, the interview we did with her, we told her the role is unlimited. You can choose if you want to grow out of the position, right? I don't believe in putting people in a box, right? You know, and, um, you know, the, the, she has real estate experience and she was working with another team and um, she moved on to better direction. <laughs> and um, the key is like, we're not trying to keep her in a box, you know, just she can decide. If she wants to become a realtor, I will support her in that. You know, if she wants to, um, you know, have some more incentivized kind of, you know, program and she can choose that, right? So, you know, again, same back with my kids. Like just, they choose, right? You know, it's their life, right? I'm definitely going to teach them financial literacy. literacy. <laughs> of course. But they might not give a shit too, right? But like, you know, um, I believe that's so messed up when it comes to like, <laughs> where we taught in schools and stuff. Oh, like, yeah. oh my gosh, like, you know, so. But my uh, my kids will know financial literacy. What they choose to do with it is up to them. Totally. But man, some of the trash out there. <laughs> I, I just don't, don't get it. I really don't. But anyway, that's just uh, the world we live in. <laughs> Long overdue convo, man. Yeah. Let's uh, do it again in 2022. Absolutely. Totally looking forward. To it. I'll have 100 plus deals in 2022. Yes. Love it. <laughs> 120. Let's go with that number. Team of four? We should be able to do that, right? It depends on the market, obviously, too. Part of Go that. to 200. 200? <laughs> I stopped there. What you said earlier. Sky's the limit. A, it's just a numbers game, man. Yeah. Just knock on more doors. Yeah. You did 30,000? Do 60. Well, we're not knocking doors anymore, but... <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I don't know. I, I like it. Like, um, it's just you know, kind of joking about that. I was, we were having a team meeting there, I think it was, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. And I don't know, like I might not even be selling real estate in 10 years, but I just love it because I would legit, like just as my kids get older kind of thing, I would be like, boys, we're going to go knock some doors today. <laughs> I'm not even be selling real estate anymore, but I legit, or hey, we're going to make calls today. <laughs> like, I think that stuff is good for you, right? You know, like just getting out of your comfort zone, right? You know, like dealing like with the first time I ever knocked on a door, too. like, holy yeah. smokes. I remember the first time Josh and I knocked on a door. Um, we saw a dead crow or a dead raven. We're like, Good on the road. Yeah. We're like, uh, oh and it was freezing cold. <laughs> it was like February. And I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know. Like, that's Is that a bad omen? Are we going to get shot today? <laughs> like, you know, but I, you know, I haven't spoken about my partner too much. You know, you've spoken about Jamie a little bit, but. You know, Josh is a you know because uh, you were asking earlier about too about um, um, you know kind of what do you look for in people you hire or whatever, right? So similar to this, like when our partnership, um, we uh, we prospected for a year without being a team, right? And that's when I needed my equal, right? That was really important. Hopefully, Josh was looking for the same thing as an equal, right? And um, can't speak for him, of course, but um, you know, I think that, you know. He thinks the same way, but um, we, uh, I need somebody that was accountable and showed up and he showed up, right? And he's a guy that, uh, man of character and uh, good, good dad, good husband. And, uh, you know, I trust him 100%, right? 
So, you know, that's what you need in a partner. And I'm sure you got the same with Jamie, right? You know, just like I know if like I was legit on my deathbed, he would look after my family kind of shit, right? You know, so, um, you know, we have that. And um, now he's a great guy and great business partner. And um, yeah. Shout out to Josh. <laughs> he's a good guy. Getting, it's only getting you, better. You've had me. a few interactions with Josh, right? I don't know. You probably don't. I know think I've only met him well, maybe but... twice. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Talked to him on the phone a couple times. I think I've seen him at two listings of you guys, maybe. Okay. I haven't. I don't know him very well though. Last team. Yeah. Uh, last deal we did with your team was uh, Lucas. Lucas did it uh, for a house detached house we had in Willow Acres. That's when the market was like kind of s- not softening. It hasn't softened, but. It was kind of maybe a bit of a pause there. Totally. So the, the, the totally. buyers got a good deal for sure. You know, um, it's definitely like an original home, small lot in Poco. And uh, yeah, we got it together. <laughs> That's a great deal. Many buyers more. are happy, sellers are happy. Man. It's a great Many deal. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Yeah, man. Great time. See you again soon. Thanks, Carl. Yeah, great time. <laughs>